0: Right, Eddie. Hey. Do you mind if we forego the whole creepy serial killer thing here? Sure, it's good with me. I mean, I can turn it on if you want, but I can talk about the Dada's patterns of arterial spray. I bet you can.
1: Tough to see
2: you in this light, Eddie.
0: Come on over. All right. When I get out of here, and I will, there's going to be carnage. This is Eli.
1: Damn it, I forgot it again. I was gonna say Leroy Wheatstraw. <laughs> Appreciate
0: and this is it. The Eli, the human tornado.
1: We have a theme going <laughs> 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 this week. So that's a pretty cool thing. Uh, we got it was a bunch. Look, this is a entertainment podcast. We want to make sure that all the bullshit that is going on in the world, right? I guess there's a lot of bullshit going on this week and last week. So we want you to this is escapism. That's what we're here for. So turn your brain off and enjoy us. So we're gonna kind of ignore all the bullshit that's going on in the world right now—news, Twitter, politics, stuff like that. Let's talk about something fun, Eli. Let's talk about something that puts a smile on everybody's face. Sure. And that name is Mia Khalifa.
0: Mia Khalifa.
1: Yeah. You know who Mia Khalifa is? The rapper? No, oh, that's, Wiz, that's- Khalifa. Wiz Khalifa.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was gonna say, Wiz Khalifa don't put a smile on my face. <laughs> <laughs> Not your face, you know. <laughs>
1: he, he makes grown men cry when he plays, you know, when Paul Walker, you know, away <laughs> But no, Mia Khalifa. Everybody, everybody knows who Mia Khalifa is. If, he, if somebody inbox, uh, Eli, let him know who he is. Uh, who who she is. <laughs> because
2: okay, it's a she.
0: The porn star. Mia Khalifa, a porn star. Yeah, the- dude, I'm like so out of. I, I'm not it's uh, like the
1: hugest porn It's not like I'm just naming some random person. It's like a huge porn star. Really?
0: I'm, yeah. I'm, I don't know. I, I'm a Lisa Ann kind of guy. So i might. Like, oh, I'm,
1: you're old school, man. We're not talking I'm, old
0: school. Yeah, man. Christy Canyon, yo. <laughs>
1: yeah, you're talking about the ones when they still got the, the hairy bushes. No, we're not talking about yeah, that. Oh, man. yeah. The 80s buff, man. That's yeah, my not, shit. <laughs> and the Tom Sillick mustache. No, we're not talking about that, man.
0: Yeah, porn these days, the... the, the the guys look like little boys and shit. They look like E.T. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no more Ron Jeremys. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I miss the hedgehogs. I want my porn
1: stars to look like <laughs> Super Mario. <laughs> <laughs> what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. The reason I'm talking about her, <laughs> one thing is because um, she's trending in Twitter. on Twitter. Like, she's the number one thing trending on Twitter. And I was like, why the fuck is Mia Khalifa trending on Twitter? So she dropped this tell-all interview or something like that, talking about her... Pass and porn. Apparently, she only did like a year of it. That may be why you don't know her. But the one year she was in Yeah. So
0: she's in the Aladdin movie? What the fuck? Are you Googling her right now? Yeah, I am. Aladdin? Jasmine? No.
1: Yeah, anyway.
0: That's just pulled up. Is it a porn parody or something? I'm pretty sure it is. (laughs) 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 That's what just... just, Okay. It says she's American Lebanese sports commentator
1: that's what she is now
0: okay oh this is the like the the arabic porn star yes
1: yes that oh one. Okay. yes, I was yes. Like, you know who mia khalifa is <laughs> everybody that w- listens to this podcast know who mia khalifa is <laughs>
0: um, because yeah, let's I, be I,
1: honest I, we market to the same demographic <laughs>
0: Yeah, and she was getting, like, death threats and shit. Right, and all right, because she, she blew
1: a dude in a hajib or something, and, yeah, oh, ISIS yeah. hacked her, her account, all kind of shit, you know. Anyway, Yeah, I,
0: I, I wasn't feeling that. that, that Yeah, that, that wasn't my taste.
1: Okay. <laughs> anyway, it blew up. That's not what I'm here to talk about anyway. I yeah, into she,
0: the hijab porn. I'm sorry. Yeah,
1: not my thing either. I'm not trying to get assassinated from that either just by looking at it. <laughs> That'd be the wrong time I ice to kick in my door. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, the reason I'm talking about her because she had this tell on interview where she talked about all the stuff we just said about the death threats and ICE hacking and stuff like that. And here's the thing. She said she only made twelve thousand dollars in total on porn.
0: I hear I hear like yeah, like women like yeah, they are, like they really gotta do a lot to make a bunch of money. I mean, twelve thousand dollars. Well, she—you said she only did it for like a year.
1: Yeah, for you—that's what she said. I, I, honestly, I feel like she's lying. I feel like she made more money than that. But let's just take her phrase because I went on her Twitter feed. Yes, I did research, <laughs> and, and she says so herself. She says she did about—I uh, don't know—a thousand dollars a video. Uh, uh, she got about a thousand a video, something like that. So, I was more than twelve thousand. But the numbers not adding up. But let's say she did a thousand dollars a video. Let's say she did, I don't know, what's an average for a porn star? What, 30 videos a year or something? I don't know. I don't 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 know. know. I'm just throwing a number out there. (laughs) But anyway, that doesn't, let's say if she did 52,000, let's see, 52 videos. That's only 52,000 for porn. You can do other stuff. You can probably make that being an Uber driver.
0: I just, hey, I'm Googling her and I just came across a headline. Pornhub star Mia Khalifa to have surgery on deflated boob after being hit in the chest with an eighty mile per hour ice hockey puck. What?
1: <laughs> She's lived an interesting life. We need a we need a movie about that one. I don't know who's gonna play her in the, in the movie when it comes out, but I'm pretty sure Scarlett Johansson is, is chopping at the bits for that. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> Just get a tanning no. bed, she'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. So I know we're rambling, but the point is, she made twelve thousand dollars, according to her, in porn. I'm like, that is insane. Female Twitch streamers make more than that. You know, the one that's showing off the cleavage and shit like that, and just and can't play games worth shit.
0: Like, well, no wonder she quitting is a sports commentator now. Yeah, she's
1: a sports commentator now. Hopefully, she's making more money doing that than doing porn.
0: What, you know. what sports comment? Like, what channel? Well, I don't know. I don't watch ESPN. Maybe she doesn't on
1: Pornhub. I don't know. <laughs> 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 Social media football.
0: personality, webcam. It says, yeah, I'm looking up occupations.
1: Yeah. Just saying, ladies, it's not worth it. Oh,
0: damn, yeah, she's not bad looking. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, anyway, guess we're rambling about that long enough. Can we actually move to the podcast? Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe you don't know me, and Khalifa. You know all these old sorry, school porn stars, sorry, man. Sorry, man. We need to introduce you to the new school.
0: <laughs> I man, I'm like a 12 year old boy, man. I just need stills nowadays, man. <laughs> uh, you can, there's like, the the internet is saturated with everything. That I just need a still now. I'm just <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's,
2: it. that's all I need now. <laughs>
1: Oh, but anyway, let's, get, let's actually get to paying business. Let's, let's get what we get paid for. So, this is going to jump to the podcast. This is where we talk about the box office numbers, and we're going to get right into it. Eli, give it to me. What is the number one movie of the week? Is it Scary Stories? It is not.
0: Oh, I was betting on the <laughs> Missed it the horror that story. much. Is this another Disney movie? Nope, not a Disney movie. Is it Hobbs and Shaw again? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Hobbs
1: and Shaw did it again.
2: shocking. Well, there go.
1: So it's still ranked one of the lowest grossing uh, Fast and Fierce movies as of right now. I think it passed like Tokyo Drift, you know, with Bow Wow and shit like that. But <laughs> yeah, so we. we it, I think it just got released in China this week. So we. I'm pretty sure we're going to get a huge jump in the numbers then. But yeah, I finally got a chance to see Hobbs and Shaw. You saw it last week. I saw it. I'll give my thoughts on it in a second, but I'm going to run down the list and see what else we have in here. Uh, number two, the movie you saw, uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I have mm-hmm. no idea what that movie is about you going to
0: it's a scary movie dude.
1: i i i assumed <laughs> uh we also have number three the lion king still hanging in there number four dora and the lost city of gold okay Oh no shit yeah uh, who, who, saying who made, was that
0: was that by that wasn't by disney was that nickelodeon who owns nickelodeon
1: uh paramount i think owns nickelodeon
0: okay
1: i think uh but let's say they do So, you know, they're like competing and shit like that. So, but 17 million for the debut, not good. Number four at the debut, not good. Something about Dora, just, I don't know. Uh, Number five, we have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. I
0: see that four times
1: now. I was was waiting for you to say it. I knew (laughs) you didn't say it, but I knew you saw it again.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) I I felt the disturbance in the force. (laughs) Uh, Number six, we have The Art of Racing in the Rain. That's out.
0: I don't even know what that is.
1: I think that's that No, that's not that movie. Uh, I don't know what that is. It's a racing movie, I think. I'm maybe okay. making that shit up. Uh, Race
0: cars or horse racing or... I think car racing. racing.
1: But there's another uh, movie coming out where they're doing the uh, the story about, you know, when the uh, Ford Mustang... No, not the Ford. I think the Ford Shelby beat the Lamborghini. I... Uh, you remember that story?
0: I don't. Sorry.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> it, it was... When I played Forza, they had... a. Thing on there, but I think they're making a real life movie about that when that happened. So, yeah, that happened. Ford beat Lamborghini it was a big thing. America versus Europe, you know. I think Ricky Bobby was kind of based on a little bit, but never mind. Okay, <laughs> uh, going forward. Oh, number seven, and Eli, we dropped the ball on this. Number seven oh, is The Kitchen.
0: Oh, yeah, I see. I, I'm waiting. Yeah, I, I'm waiting to see that. I'll yeah, probably for, see it tomorrow or something. Yeah,
1: like that. for those that don't know what The Kitchen is, The Kitchen is actually a comic book adaptation. It's a yeah. DC movie, mm-hmm. so starring Tiffany Haddish and Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> Best yeah, my, kid, my,
0: my kid actually wants to see it, so I'm waiting on him. else I thing. want to see it already.
1: Here's the thing: I don't want to see it until I read the comic book first. That's just me. Yeah,
0: I, I thought about that too,
1: but yeah, I I, I, the comic, I think it's like 18 issues, and like that. it's not that long. It's not like the boys was like 100 issues, five spinoffs and shit. You know, yeah. I think it's just that, and that's it. So I want to read the. So, and I feel like we dropped the ball. I feel like something we should be talking about. Yeah. Oh, well.
0: yeah. I'll probably see it this week sometime.
1: Yeah. We had one job, Eli. <laughs> we had one job. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, number eight, we have... Too much Mia Khalifa, yo. <laughs> exactly. We know Mia Khalifa, but we don't know the shit we're supposed to know. <laughs> uh, number eight, we have Spider-Man Far From Home. Still hanging in there. Yeah. Uh, number nine, Toy Story 4. Dropped all the way down, but still hanging in there. And number ten... Bring the soul the movie? I don't
2: know
0: what
1: that is. You lost me on that one. I don't I don't yeah. know. I don't know what that is. Okay. How anyway, many
0: Disney movies do we have on this shit?
1: How many Disney movies do we have? We have let's see. I'm not gonna count Spider Man. I'm not gonna count Spider Man.
0: Oh really? Yeah.
1: Because <laughs> Te- technically Sony produced. Oh, it's a Sony movie, so I'm not gonna let's laugh. I on.
0: I guess yeah. We
1: got Toy Story Four and we got
0: Lion King Lion
1: King point of vista that's it what's fox okay the art of racing the rain is fox so technically that's disney
0: oh yeah yeah it is now the
1: same thing so overall yeah Universal still hanging in there uh like i said i'm gonna just go into the review of hobbs and shaw eli got a chance to see it last week even though i'm supposed to be the fast and furious uh you know Aficionado, aficionado or yeah. whatever you want to call it, you know. So I finally got a chance to see you just so I can complete the, you know, the anthology of, uh, of Hobbs and Shaw. And it's exactly what I thought it was going to be. It was a big, dumb action movie. Uh, two bald dudes racing around, beating up people. Uh, let me go a little bit deeper to what I what I was going to say. Uh, was Luke Hobbs and what's his name? The Rock. The Rock and Jason Statham played The Rock and Jason Statham, exactly what I thought they were going to do. The movie, actually, I think they held together was by the the two co-stars they had. Uh, the girl, Vanessa Kirby, she was underrated. She didn't overshadow anybody, but she played a kick-ass chick, which was cool. She wasn't playing the damsel in distress, you know. She no. had on action roles in it. She was able to hold her own with those two guys, and it was cool. And I think Idris Elba didn't get enough credit for the role he played. Yeah, she played a really good role, because the thing is, you could have played this movie very, very stupid, you could have been an idiotic villain. I think he walked that line between, I know this shit is stupid, but at the same time, I'm going to play it with enough, you know, intensity. My,
0: my name is going to be in this movie, so right. I can't do a shitty job. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> but I think he can. And I think those two had to carry the role. Because you expect The Rock and J. Statham to play The Rock and J. Statham. Meanwhile, those two actors were, you know, fleshing out and making it a real movie. Jay, uh, What's his name? Idris elbow playing Black Superman like that like? you didn't tell me he was a fucking cyborg. I was trying to spoil it for you, okay. man. I was like, he's a fucking cyborg. It's funny. Like, we can't spoil movies until I see it. Yeah, <laughs>
0: like, I said, I, Yeah, I try to not give it away. I because I knew this was your shit. So I right. didn't want to fucking.
1: So I'm sitting there watching, like, okay, he's a fucking cyborg man. He really is the fucking winter soldier. Okay, yeah. Fuck it. Go with it. oh uh, I didn't expect Ryan Reynolds to be in it.
0: No,
1: that was funny. That was, and he was playing Deadpool. He he wasn't even trying to play anybody else. He was pretty much playing Deadpool doing the same joke. Uh, Peter from Deadpool 2 was in it. He was uh, Jason Statham's liaison, so I thought that'd be cool. And then I thought about, it. oh, yeah, it makes sense because the director of Deadpool 2 did this. So he probably just called him up and like, hey, y'all want to be in the movie? Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, Kevin Hart was in it. I'm pretty sure that was a favor from The Rock. He was like, hey, throw me in a movie. Here you go. He was in it yeah. just enough. I didn't spoil that for you either. It didn't spoil it for a minute. I didn't, ex- I didn't expect that coming. The Ryan Reynolds thing actually was spoiled. And you know who spoiled it? Who's that? Rob Liefeld.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, Rob
1: Liefeld spoiled it on Twitter because he wants to uh, make a Deadpool movie with The Rock in it. Oh, yeah? And he's saying The Rock can play Garrison Kane. I might be fucking the name up, but it's some big black dude that's supposed to be in X-Force number two back in 1991 or some shit like that. And he's saying The Rock can play that guy. And he wants him okay. to be in the next, uh, in the next Deadpool movie. Even though Rob Liefeld has no say so over what any of these Deadpool movies do.
0: Yeah, who, 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 when the fuck is they gonna make a Deadpool movie?
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> but he keeps throwing his name out there, so whatever. Did he just get fired from DC? I don't know. I don't know. That's why he keep doing his shit. Or he got kicked off his own book or some shit or whatever. That's happened? what it would. He got fired from a book he created. He got fired from his own company. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> But yeah, he thinks he has control in Hollywood. <laughs> like like the Rock, just Rock, just ignore this guy. <laughs> He's a troll. Uh, what is I gonna say about this movie? Yeah. Oh, uh, it was as dumb as I thought it was gonna be. I like the the movie almost made it seem like the audience was a little bit too dumb. Like they didn't give the audience enough credit. Because I get what they were trying to do at the end of the movie. You know, like you said, when well, they went to the Reds, you know, they went to Samoa, you know, and you had The
0: Rock's The Rock's res.
1: Right, the rocks res, yeah. and you had you know technology. It was basically like the the Ewoks versus the Death Star.
0: Yeah, even though yeah, there was it was it was like a a pretty res, right, <laughs> with mountains and oceans and shit. Because there was no way the rock was gonna be from Pine Ridge, you know. Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they have a tank showed up, a rock is bigger than the tank. Like okay,
0: yeah.
1: But that's basically what it was. It was the the Wookiees versus the the Republic and the Ewoks versus the Death yeah. Star. You know, uh, nature versus technology and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, I get that. You know, they have to work with teamwork. They have to work with the, the environment. They have to work with everything around them versus these guys that rely on technology too much, rely on, you know, yeah. themselves too much. And Rock had to fuck around and say that exact thing into the movie. I'm like, you don't have to spell it out for us, man. We get it. Mm-hmm. You know, you cause you, you depend on technology too much and stuff like that. Yeah, we get it. Whatever like that. So <laughs>
0: and, Cool. And, we, the f- and the fact that, you know, Idris Elba was a robot.
1: You know? Right. Oh yeah, that that too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and they were doing hawkers and shit. And know, they like, kept the calling him a
1: Terminator on... in the movie. And... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, so overall I'm, I'm gonna give it the same score you gave, I'm gonna give it four out of five. Fun movie. You have to turn your brain off. Oh, that's right, Easter eggs. I do want to say about that. Uh, there there was only <laughs> one Easter egg that I caught. Okay. And the one Easter egg I caught was actually when they were in the garage and they saw the Mini Cooper. And Rock will where you get that Mini Cooper from, oh, that was a job I did in Italy. The Italian job. Oh, Stated.
0: I do remember that.
1: Yeah, Stanton was, was in the, that movie.
0: Yeah, he was in the Italian job. Yeah. Yeah, I did catch that.
1: Okay, that was the, only, that- that was the only one.
0: Yeah,
1: and that but that's not a fast and a furious movie. It's not a fast and furious egg, and that's the thing. Cause what I've noticed is that this movie was going out of its way not to connect itself with the Fast and Furious franchise.
0: Okay. There
1: was a few things they did connect only because they had to. They announced that, you know, they were in prison last movie. You know, they announced that Shaw was because in the other movies they did say that Shaw wasn't because at first they tried to make it seem like Shaw was a rogue agent, you know. And Fast Fury 7, whenever he popped up, he's a rogue agent. And they hired Vin Diesel and his street racing team as a black ops agency because they didn't want the government to get caught taking out a rogue British agent because they wouldn't know political stuff like that. So that's why they outsourced it, like treating Vin Diesel like Blackwater and shit like that. Even though all they do is just drive cars and shit or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they tried to make it seem like so he was a rogue agent in that movie. In the next movie, they realized, oh, I was framed, somebody set me up, I wasn't really that guy, you know. So that's why they were trying to make it so, okay, so he's not the bad guy we thought he was. And this movie we find out that Itch's Elbow was the guy that set him up. Or, or whatever. Oh. You know. So that's that's the only thing they connected. Everything else in this movie, they went out of their way to not connect the movie, and I see why they're not. Because they're trying to do their own thing. The sp- uh the thing at the end, remember how the talking voice, or whatever like that, recognized you know the rock. Okay. I'm I'm almost guaranteeing you whoever that person is revealed to be will be in no way connected with anything they did in other movies. It's gonna be some brand new character, and it's just weird that like this this big Hydra Illuminati eating eating. My, did my dad work for eating? But <laughs> oh, whatever. I- <laughs> I'm gonna ask when I get home. <laughs> but yeah, so this evil organization that controls everything guns, weapons, the media, whatever you want, they control it. They're, they're the Illuminati. So okay. this huge organization has never been mentioned before, never been talked about before. They won't even, I am guaranteed they won't even be mentioned in the next Fast and Furious movies. Because right. they, they're just gonna treat them like two different movies. And I, I can feel the franchise fracturing right now. Because what I'm hearing is that. The Rock and Jay Satan will not be in Fast and Furious 9
0: and 10. How does that make you feel?
1: It makes me feel like the end of an era. Because the thing is, The Rock saved the franchise. He flat out saved the franchise. The franchise, people want to make a scene like, oh, these movies, are, uh, super day movies are getting worse and worse. No, they weren't. They was already like mediocre to begin with. The first one, the second one, the one with Bow Wow. And I was like, okay, this shit needs to end. So the, the franchise was already on its way out. And then when The Rock came in, all of a sudden, boom, that's when he started doing billion dollar movies just like that because The Rock basically, you know, injected some kind of life into the movie. Then when you put Jason Statham in there, then it really took off. You got The Transporter and The Rock in the franchise, and they became bigger than the franchise because, let's be honest with you, Ben Diesel's uh, star power has gone, has waned down a lot. He is not the star he was 20 years ago. You know, this ain't Triple X. This ain't. Pitch Black or Chronicles of Riddick or anything like that. He's not paying. Now he's doing what's that? Witch Hunter? The Last Witch
0: Hunter? Or some shit? Never saw it, yeah.
1: That Exactly. Yeah. The best role <laughs> he can get now is I Am Group. That's all he's doing. <laughs> you know. So Vin Diesel is not carrying these movies anymore. It's The Rock and Jason Statham carrying these movies now that they're doing their own thing. And no, it's not doing the numbers that Universal thought it was going to do. But who's going to see a Fast and Furious movie now that Paul Walker's not going to be in it, The Rock's not going to be in it, Jason Statham's not going to be in it. All you got is Ludacris and Tyrese. It's going to be that's a tough not, sale.
0: That's not selling you?
1: Believe it or not, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to be a tough sale for movies. So, like I said, I love this franchise. I watched all these movies. I love them because they're big, stupid, dumb fun. I watch them on repeat a bunch of times. What, what, be- hey, hey,
0: hey. What if Mia Khalifa's in it?
1: You might sell me on it. <laughs> <laughs> They already know she works for cheap, so they don't have to pay her the money through Japan to Japan rock. <laughs>
0: She'll do it for twelve thousand dollars.
1: <laughs> twelve dollars an hour. <laughs> there you go.
2: Uh,
1: oh man. So- and a new and a new boob. And just there you go.
0: <laughs> boob again.
1: Just a case of, oh, uh, what's her name? Michelle Rodriguez. They get in a fight. She punched the titty out. <laughs> we got insurance on it. We, 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 she got to fight somebody in every movie anyway.
0: Yeah, because that's right. We had Gina Carano in one. And in
1: one. And then Ronda Rousey, Ronda was Rousey in the next one.
0: Yeah. I think she another. fought
1: Gal Gadot in the first one, but I know she's not an MMA fighter. But, I mean. Oh, that's right. That's, she that's right. She
0: one, was so. in those movies. Yeah, is she still alive? Definitely.
1: Yeah, she was in that movie. She was, Wonder Woman was started in the Fast and Furious movie. <laughs>
0: yeah, but is she? Is her character still alive? Oh no,
1: they killed her off like the.
0: Oh. Well, they can make her a robot and bring her back. To- they kill off everybody. <laughs> they killed off Michelle Rodriguez.
1: <laughs> she came back. It's like fuck it.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so they can bring back anybody they feel like. It don't even really matter. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. Forty-five. Cool movie, fun. Am I gonna see it again? No, I'm not gonna see it again. I wait till it come out on uh, Blu-ray and buy it then. So
0: yeah, I, I, I I'm not into those movies, but I still thought it was fun. Yeah. Bad.
1: Oh, and I, I do want to say is the plot was a complete rip off of a, uh, of Tango and Cash.
0: Yeah, that's what we were just talking about. It was like Tango and Cash. Complete rip off. It was like, a Cash, complete rip-off. Leave, it was leave like the weapon, Forty Eight Hours. You know, the buddy cop shit. No,
1: it was know. no directly Tango and Cash. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, like, like, directly that movie. Like, they uh, like Tango or Cash had a sister in a the movie. They got set up by some evil organization. They tried to turn them, the whole thing.
0: Wasn't that like a Bad Boys movie? Wasn't one of the Bad Boys movies like
1: that? It wasn't like that. The Bad Boy movie was...
0: Wasn't one of them fucking each other? One of the guy's sisters? No, that was shit? his
1: wife. Oh no, no no it was his sister. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, that wasn't Tango Cash so, so I guess the 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 sister being in the movie is like a buddy cop thing. And then she was like a oh yeah. They have a she has a spin-off show on Direct TV, I think. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Bad boys? Talking yeah, about bad, bad Boys. Bad then? Boys, yeah. The, the sister that was playing Bad Boys. I'm trying to remember. what was her name? What was the name? Oh. Uh, fuck. I'm gonna get roasted for not knowing this. <laughs> fuck. Hey Siri. Oh, I turned it off. I can't. I can't. Talk. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Gabrielle Union. Gabrielle Union. Oh damn! I was gonna get my ass kicked if I didn't remember that shit. Okay, Gabrielle Union has a spinoff show from that Bad Boys movie with Jessica Alba. They're playing buddy cops in a TV show. I think oh, the name yeah. of the show is LA's Finest, and she's playing the same character she was playing in the Bad Boys show or something in the movie. Oh,
0: hmm. Like, I did not know
1: that yeah somebody else told me about that i was like oh. but i can't get it because i don't have direct tv oh shit. i can't order it anywhere i can't buy it anywhere I'm like i want to watch it jessica Alba's was in it i want to watch it yeah what's she been doing lately jessica Alba's was worth like a billion dollars
0: i haven't seen her in anything lately, she's huh?
1: worth a billion dollars she didn't have to do anything
0: she gotta do shit huh she, gotta, she, she, she has
1: like this company she guys like sell baby products and makeup and shit so, yeah, her company worked like a billion dollars, so she didn't have to act anymore. She only acts when she feels like it.
0: Yeah, to do these shows that are only on direct TV. <laughs> right, because
1: she can afford <laughs> the it. so it's like, whatever. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Fortify, that's all I got. Oh, last thing I got to say about that, and I'm, I'm done. It was not only a rip-off Tango and Cash, it was also a complete direct rip-off of Mission Impossible 2, because that plot where the secret agent Oh, spy the, the,
0: the, the virus and shit?
1: The virus, uh-huh. Yeah, she puts it on yeah. there and takes it up there. But here's the thing. I'm going to go even deeper. Inception. Mission Impossible 2 is a ripoff of a Alfred Hitchcock movie called Notorious. Same exact plot, oh, same dialogue, man. same frame, and same setup a lot of times in it.
0: I guess, yeah. I can see that.
1: Except there's no motorcycles and yeah. Cary Grant and Killing Ninjas in the movie. But yeah, other than that, yeah. Yeah, Double-fisted
0: 45s with doves flying around. Right. Slow that voting. doesn't sure. happen. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
1: but everything else happens. So, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, my recommendation, go see Alfred Hitchcock, Notorious. That's my recommendation. That movie's a five out of five. Yeah, well, it's
0: Alfred Hitchcock.
1: It's Alfred Hitchcock. What do you expect? Watch uh, all those movies. Yeah, we're not comparing Alfred Hitchcock to The Rock. We're not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I'm going to give Sean Hobbs, Hobbs and Shaw, whatever this is, four to five, all I got. Okay, cool. I'm going to let you go.
0: Oh, oh, uh, Scary Stories.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, well, scary stories. I was very excited to see this movie because I, I loved those books as a kid. Um, they were, I repeatedly checked them out from the library all the time. I tried drawing, you know, the pictures, the illustrations were really creepy and shit. I used to try and draw them when I was a kid. Um, so I was, like, super stoked to see this movie. And it was like, like a stepping stone into horror, you know. That's, you know, for us 80s babies. Okay, break you know, this
1: down for me. Does it have anything to do with Alone in the Dark?
0: No. No, okay. see, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, there are a series of books which just shorts, little horror tales. You know, this is way before Goosebumps was ever a fucking thing. You know, this is like early 80s. I was like 9, 10, you know, like, you know, 3rd, 4th, 5th grade. I was in grade school when I was reading these things. And they were actually kind of creepy. At, for, for, you know... For kids' stories, they were actually kind of spooky, you know. And what, and what did it was the illustrations, the, these very sketchy, creepy illustrations. Um, just the, the, the artwork alone, you know, is worth a look. The stories are like, you know, and some of them were based on urban legends, you know, like the hook. You know what I'm saying? Um, you, know, you know, there was stories about, I don't know, Do you ever hear that one about the girl who sticks a knife in the grave? Gets dared to stick a knife in the grave. I don't know if you've Never ever heard of that. that. No. Yeah, she sticks her the knife. She gets dared to go to a grave at night and sticks a knife in it. And then she can't run away. And she thinks, like, the zombie's grabbing her. And so she dies of fright. And then the next day, they go and find her. And she stuck the knife into her dress.
1: That's some dark that's, shit, man. What the, yeah. is yeah, so, a kid story.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was reading this shit when I was, like, eight. So, <laughs> oh, that's right! It's the '80s. We were all. This is up. the '80s. Yeah, yeah, this is the '80s when we were some hard. RoboCop was a kids' movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rambo. They made a Rambo cartoon. <laughs> right. Rambo action figures. I had them all. <laughs> <laughs> and we all
1: turned out okay.
0: We're just fine. <laughs> but yeah. So, I, yeah, like I said, I I loved these books as a kid. When I found out that Guillermo del Toro was producing and writing this movie. I got even more excited. So yeah, uh, me and my kid watched it the other night. Um, it was okay. I, it wasn't what I was expected. I was I was thinking it was going to be more on the line of creep show, where it's like a- an anthology movie. You know what I'm saying? But it's not. It's actually a long form narrative, and they just incorporate the stories. Like they find this book, and you know it's 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 it does have a feel like. Stranger things or or the goonies, you know, it, like all those little kids, you know, movies where little kids are running around doing shit, you know what I'm saying, like the goonies, you know. Um, and it's like Halloween night. they they go to this local haunted house, they sneak in, they find this book. and supposedly the the woman who lived there, um, she was cursed or something. she was a ghost, and she wrote these stories to basically take revenge on the town so that's like kind of the concept and these stories are the ones from the old books you know so we get to see those elements come to life and um and yeah it it was uh like there was some generally creepy scenes there was and like the, the the effects how some of the stories, especially like the scarecrow and the jangling man. And some of these were like straight up, right. Like really cool versions. Like, you know, how they were, how they adapted it into the film. They were like very faithful to the sketches and to the art, you know, from the old art. So that was really cool. Um, It just, it did kind of drag a little bit in the middle for me, I thought, but overall I, I had a good time. It was, you know, there was some generally creepy th- scenes and stuff uh, that I that I enjoyed, and yeah, there was, it, for like a PG-13 horror flick, it, it it pushed it as much as it could, you know, as far as like the scares and and the violence and horror. So I give it a 3.5 out of five. It wasn't exactly what I was expecting, but it wasn't totally disappointing either. So you know, so there.
1: I mean, it seems to be doing okay. I mean, it did number two. So
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the atmosphere, like the look of it, you know, the cinematography and just the creepy atmosphere. It, you know, that alone. It's Guillermo del Toro. You know, he knows how to, you know, you know what you're getting into when 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 his name is on something. So
1: director blade two. Okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, so that's all we got in the movie section. Now we can kind of move on to the next part, and I guess we talk about Netflix. I sure. don't think there's any like Marvel or DC news big Let's jump in Netflix. So you sent me this link today. I watched it and I was like, hmm, interesting. Even though I've been hearing about this for a while. Basically, what it is Eddie Murphy is back. Eddie Murphy yeah. is back. And he's playing Rudy Raymore in a Netflix movie.
0: Yeah.
1: And he's not just in it, it's a bunch of other people. I don't have the list for them right now. I saw Chris Rock. I saw Wesley Snipes is in it. Yeah. Craig I saw Robinson. Mike Epps. Yeah. I saw a bunch of other people in it too. So Netflix seemed to be putting money behind it. It doesn't feel like some some stuff they just you know, just dumping out. They expect, matter of fact, Netflix is actually putting out some good movies lately. Hmm. Like that uh, what's
0: that Asian movie? The one with Keanu Reeves in it. The Asian movie, the the one he the Man of Tai Chi.
1: No, not that one. <laughs> uh, it's a romantic comedy
0: <laughs> Oh I didn't see that Oh yeah you tell me about it I Yeah Always it Be
1: My Maybe It was a pretty yeah. good movie You like yeah,
0: that, I can see that one Being in the
1: theaters And actually making money But you know Since it's on Netflix It's pretty good Yeah
0: I, You know what I saw a movie With Alfre Woodard Is that her name Yeah Black Mariah Yeah that's her Where she goes She like Takes off And goes like on a Sort of a Spiritual journey Or what have you Kind of like a How Stella got her groove back you know, okay. she's kind of a milf or a jilf or whatever. And okay. she goes on like the sabbatical and she ends up on the res. And she starts banging Adam Beach, you know, Slipknot from. Seriously? Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. But, <laughs> but yeah. Okay. <laughs> the s- Slipknot boning Black Mariah. <laughs> okay. It was like, yeah, sort of like. a House I bet Stella she got paid more than of- Mia
1: Khalifa to do that shit. <laughs>
0: But, yeah, it was sort of a funny, romantic comedy type of thing. It just, like, ended up on Netflix, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I saw Adam Beach, and I'm like, hey, okay, a native on TV. I'll check it out. And, yeah, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Weird. So, but, yeah, but like I said, Netflix is throwing money at the, this behind this. I saw the trailer. Now, here's the thing. Like, both of us, we're, we're, we're old dogs. We know who Rudy Ray Moore is.
0: Yeah, we're, we're old. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm seeing a lot of people, I'm just reading the comments on the, the you know, the Netflix, you know, Facebook page and seeing what people are saying. They have no idea who Rudy Ray Moore is. i never heard of Rudy Ray Moore. I'm just glad Ed Murphy's back, you know. Well,
0: they better not watch it or they're going to end up canceling him. <laughs>
1: right. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is, yeah, you can't get away with the shit Rudy Ray Moore did back then. They're yeah. going to clean a lot of shit up. We know they will.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> they, you know, they're going to, oh, yeah, Rudy Ray Moore was, he he would not survive the Me Too era. Oh hell no <laughs> <laughs> what I'm talking about. but here's the thing people have no idea what this is they don't know it's even an autobiography they think eddie murphy is making it rip off of black dynamite
0: oh yeah 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 yeah
1: because they don't they don't get they see the similarities but don't understand where the parallels coming from like no eddie murphy is not ripping off black dynamite <laughs> black yeah. dynamite ripped off Dolomite. <laughs> Yeah, like it's the opposite of what happened. because ripped and off fact, a doc, lot of that, shit. <laughs> yeah, Dolomite <laughs> ripped off a lot of shit. Pretty much any black exploitation movie back there, do, uh Black Dynamite ripped that shit off. You know. Yeah, Dolomite was just one of them. It was in the height of the black exploitation era. Now the thing about it now, people want to look at what I don't want people to do is paint Dolomite like some kind of classic or you know one of the to turn the genre on its head on its ear like Superfly or Shaft. Dolomite was not like that. No. I've seen Dolomite. It's one of the worst movies you've ever seen. <laughs> that's but what makes it, it so great. That's what makes it so great because it's so bad. <laughs> that's the thing about it. It's one of those so bad it's good movies. So that's what you need to take away from the Dolomite movie. There's so many quotables in the movie because it's so bad because you saw actually Rudy Ray Moore doing karate. You can obviously tell he's never taken a karate lesson in his life. <laughs> <laughs> just the way he delivers his lines in that it's so funny they have so many like characters popping up and the characters that are popping up in the movie they can't act either i'm joe blow the lover man you should be paying me <laughs> <laughs> it's so many bad scenes in that movie that's why it's so funny getting made so i'm interested in seeing what they do with the movie because like i said it's in the heart in the height of the black exploitation era but i have to say something like i have to be a uh, 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 Debbie Downer a Negative Nancy or whatever There's something about it that I didn't like gotta be woke, I gotta, I'm, be I'm, woke? I'm, it's not being woke I'm not being woke it's something <laughs> I'm being I'm having my critical eye of the trailer what I don't like right now
0: <laughs> no. okay
1: what I don't like about this trailer or what I saw is Eddie Murphy
0: oh no shit
1: here's the thing now I'm gonna get hey. into it
0: because- should have been Idris Elba <laughs>
1: should have been scarlett johansson <laughs> because here's the thing now looking at this pic now you look at the picture how i got on the banner of eddie murphy and you put a picture of rudy ray moore that's fine they pass he he looks like looks like rudy, rudy ray moore the problem i had with his impression of rudy ray moore
0: okay i get it yeah
1: he's not doing rudy ray moore he's doing one of his characters from the Netty professor
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, he's doing, like, the dad or That's what it or whatever. like he, right. That's, that's, he, what, that's what it reminded me of. That it reminded me of, like, an SNL, like, his S- SNL sketches or something.
1: Exactly. That's yeah. what it seemed like instead of playing Rudy Ray Moore. Rudy, Rudy Ray Moore's voice was a lot, you know, more, uh, had more gravelly pitch to it. You know, a little bit, you know, uh, deeper growl to it. Eddie Murphy's still doing a high Eddie Murphy pitch, and he's doing the Nate Professor and the, the clumps thing. And I'm like, it's taking me out of the trailer. I'm just looking. I'm mean, He's, like, he's doing clumps three you know, instead of actually doing Dolomite. Norbert. Hum- <laughs> right, Norbert, something like that. Instead of doing a human tornado, Petey Wheat straw. you know, uh, Dolomite, you know, uh, the signifying monkey. That's what we're looking for. Signifying monkey. We're going monkey. deep. We're going Holy all shit, deep. I haven't
0: heard of that. Damn. Way yeah. down in You're the taking jungle. Taking me deep. back. Man. Oh, damn, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, back to, like, 80s porn days. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> Yo, you saw just a flashback this year. <laughs> Hell, yeah, I can do a better <laughs> Rudy Ray Moore than Eddie Murphy can. Fuck that. <laughs> so, yeah, but that's my thing is that Eddie Murphy's playing uh, – he's too comfortable playing the role he's playing right now instead of actually digging the role. He's not doing like Jamie Foxx did, you know, uh, uh, Ray Charles, you know, anything like that. He's just playing a character he's been playing before When he can go deeper than that with with uh, with Rudy Ray Moore, you know. Yeah. So.
0: And for those who don't know who Rudy Ray Moore was – you know, he, like, influenced a lot of black comedians, rappers. I was going to say, know. he
1: has a lot. His movies had a lot of friends on rappers, but him, him himself may have honestly been the first rapper. If you really think about it, he was rapping before rap was even a
0: thing. Yeah, he had all these rhymes, yeah. The signifying monkey. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Dolomite's my name and fucking up motherfuckers is my game. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So, yeah, so he is a classic comedian. He influenced Eddie Murphy, you know. Yeah. He, he was he Eddie Murphy before Eddie Murphy because he was one of those raunchy comedians, you know. And, and it's not just him. I mean, you had Red Fox also out there also, who was doing like people know him from San for the He was one of the most raunchiest comedians of all time.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, this is like Richard, the days of Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor.
1: Pryor, but, Pryor. but the thing is, Rudy Raymore didn't have that same level that they had because, you know, they had like a certain polish to them where they could go mainstream, Rudy Ray Moore wasn't that. He yeah. didn't have polish to him. He was pretty much, but he had his own fan base, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that's why he decided to make his own movie and that's why he made this classic movie he made now. So yeah, that's the... And
0: I'm and and i and I'm a little bit after, I mean, I feel better, a little better after seeing the trailer because when I first heard about this, I thought they were just straight up doing Dolomite, like a Dolomite remake starring Eddie Murphy. And I, and I was <laughs> right. like, uh, I don't know about that but when i saw the trail like oh this is this is a rudy ray Moore biopic right you know so i find that more interesting than just a straight up dolomite reboot you know
1: yeah i, I just hope that eddie murphy does the role justice that's all mm-hmm. and, and, and the thing is eddie, eddie murphy has the ability to do that he can get outside of comfort zone and not play character he's been doing before he can dig down and play rudy ray Moore and become rudy ray Moore. so i'm interested to see how this turns out yeah. You know? And it's interesting because that, all that black exploitation era, you can make, there's some There's some gold in there. You can make movies based on that era. Was yeah, a lot of especially stuff
0: now. There. I think that's why people kind of freaked out about Fla- uh, Flash, Shaft. Right. You know, with all the injustice going on th- these days and they decided to make, they turned Shaft into a comedy. I thought it was funny, but I can see how people thought, you know, because Shaft was one of those revolutionary films. You right. know, that gave a positive black hero right. you
1: know, like they were actually and, trying to make a real movie with Shaft and Superfly and, you know the Mac, you know movies yeah. like that you know but then there was a lot of black exploitation movies that they were just cranking them shits out and didn't really care Dollar <laughs> night was one of them <laughs> 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 but it was still a classic because Rudy Ray Moore was just he, he was he was him
0: <laughs> sweet sweet backs badass stuff
1: Right, that was, that. Was, <laughs> some people say that was like the first black exploitation movie that was Melvin Peoples and Mario Van People. You can't make
0: you can't make that shit now.
1: You can't. A lot of the man Foxy Brown. You can't make that movie again. Oh hell no! Coffee and yeah. Foxy Brown got raped halfway through the movie. Like when they caught her, they raped her. Yeah. And so yeah. yeah. You can't make that movie again.
0: Yeah, fucking Pam Greer back in her heyday. Ooh, Ooh. man. Yeah.
1: Fuck Mia <laughs> Khalifa. <laughs> <laughs> Pan girls putting your hair on chests is back then.
0: That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't right. know. <laughs> and and her her titties didn't get deflated. Right. <laughs> Hockey puck ain't <laughs> for deflating it. Hell no. Uh,
1: what we talking yeah. about? Oh yeah. Pam
0: Grier's titties. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Like I said, Rudy Ray Moore. I hope they do justice to the movie. Uh, I didn't check to see when it's coming out, but we'll 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 take a look at it from there. So.
0: Soon, yeah, it's gonna be on Netflix. You know, so.
1: it's gonna be Netflix. We don't have to leave the
0: house. There you go. So, I'm, we'll, I'm, we'll, I'm we'll, sold.
1: We'll see it. It's gonna be one of those things everybody will talk about. You know.
0: Yeah.
1: I actually feel pretty good about it because like, I'm late to the party on everything.
0: You know. And you know. You know what I worry about is all his old, all the. <laughs> like Dolomite and all them shit, and PD Wheat Straw, all that shit showing up on Netflix. <laughs> oh, I would love that shit. I'd watch all that shit. <laughs> I would too. But then every and all the kids these days be like, "What the fuck? <laughs> you can't do that." <laughs> they didn't care back then. That's the thing.
1: <laughs> there was no you know ethics committee telling Rudy Ray Moore what he can and can't do. <laughs>
0: yeah, <man. laughs> you cannot <laughs>
1: slap that hoe. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's oh. time to cancel dolomite <laughs> <laughs>
1: he's been dead for 10 years but yeah now we're gonna cancel him. okay oh man okay can we move on to the next part of the podcast yeah good okay now okay reason i talked about all of the fun shit and all the goofy shit because now we gotta talk about serious shit now we gotta talk about the video game section and normally the video game section is my you know my release my my cathartic release for the week but now i can't relax eli because these fuckers are coming for my games mm-hmm. and so i'm hearing all this crazy ass news uh because like i said we had the shooting and it wasn't just one shooting actually like a bunch of shooting, like three different shootings happened within a 12 hour period and now everybody's up in arms uh you got these asshole politicians blaming on video games not guns yeah. the people that shacks the shot people video games <laughs> yeah you know so walmart has decided to go on a nationwide thing where they decided to take down all of the the violent um video game ads that they've been selling in there so they decided to take down the ads in there because they're saying video games cause this bullshit video games are not calling this bullshit but the funny thing here's the ironic thing about it walmart is taking down the violent video game ads because of gun violence but they're leaving the guns in walmart
0: Mm -hmm, Because that makes sense.
1: That makes sense. You just go in there. I, 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 you. It's easier for me to buy a gun than a video game. What that doesn't make any fucking sense. It's like, how deep do you want to go with this, Eli? How deep do you want to go? Because we know. Not
0: really. I'm exhausted.
1: Okay. (laughs) Because I was gonna really, really go there, but I'm not. No. If
0: get get you know, hey. I'll go. You get it. Get get it off your chest, man. Okay. Because after I'll, this, we're done. We're putting this yeah. in Will Smith category.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because we know the politicians have the NRA in their back pocket, so they're going to attack everybody except the real root of the problem. Now I know I said last week they need to do something. They need to do something. Not this. Video games are not the problem. They've already they've done all kind of research on does video does video game cause you know violence or aggression and kids like that. It doesn't. It doesn't at all. If anything, it actually helps people. It's actually like therapeutic. It's actually like calms yeah. people down from doing violent shit. Oh, I just killed, you know, I threw a uh, hooker in the trunk of my car in Grand Theft Auto. I'm I'm good. I don't have to do this shit in real life. You know, <laughs> I I know it's kinda fucked up, but still, that's the thing. And most time people playing video games, most of the people aren't even playing violent video games. You know, they're playing Minecraft, you know, The Sims, you know, shit mm-hmm. like that. What's the biggest game? this year of like, what's that, Smash Brothers and shit? Smash look, Brothers. Look, I play fighting games. I've been playing fighting games every day for the last 20 years. I can't fight for shit. <laughs> Anybody can walk up and kick my ass. <laughs> but I know how to play in a video game because I know that's where it's supposed to be. And if you fight me in real life, I'm going to try to hadouken you or Shoryuken you. <laughs> that shit is not going to work. I know that. And you're going to be able to kick my ass. That's how it works because this shit doesn't translate over. So video games actually help people more than anything else. Because let's think about it like this. Before Facebook, before Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and all this bullshit, bullshit like that, a lot of guys that when they got out of college stuff like that, they reconnected through video games. You know, playing Call of Duty, playing Halo, playing uh, Battlefield, all those violent video games because, you know, they had the wife and kids like that. Hey, I just put my, you know, my daughter to bed. You want to jump on the game? Let's jump on the game. Let's go, you know, yeah. play Call of Duty and do this stuff like that. And you got yeah. some people that made friends through video games like Call of Duty and battle like that. I've even heard a story about a guy that, you know, you got these like Call of Duty clans, you know, they run with each other, night, like, never met each other before in their life. One of the guys got married. He flew his clan out to go meet him to be in his, in his wedding. They never met before. That was the first time they met. But they knew each other like they were best friends.
0: Yeah, my kids got friends all over the country from playing Call of Duty, zombies and shit.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing what most people do on Call of Duty, fight zombies. Yeah, That's <laughs> not real shit. You know? So they want to blame people for video game when half the time I'm doing shit like playing... Forza and Gran Turismo and shit like that. That doesn't, you know, that's not violent. You know. But here's the thing. Only if there was a way that they could stop kids from buying violent and suggestive video games.
2: Hmm.
1: What can you do? Oh, no. Maybe slap an M rating on it. Maybe stop them <laughs> from anybody under 18 to buy the video game. Maybe they could do that. Oh, that's right. They already do that. And so they can stop doing this witch hunt they're doing right now and going at the video games. And go after a different problem because it's it's weird because they're just going after video games, not any other violent thing. They're not going after rap music like they used to. They're not going after violent movies like to. Just video games. That's that's the weirdest shit I ever heard of. And it, and even I know we're in the video game section, but we do have to talk about the other thing because they they got it, that movie The Hunt.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So we got the movie Hunt. Uh, I'm gonna say his name Trump. Trump actually went on Twitter and TV and specifically went after that movie. So universal shut that movie down because they said it was gun violence like that universal now universal they shut down the hunt but they left shaw and hobbs in the movie theater <laughs> what all they do is just shoot people all day and kill people yeah that's the dumbest shit in the world and here's how stupid trump is he wants to get the hunt shot down right because he thinking the movie is dividing against liberal and conservatives here's the thing i watched the trailer of that movie the liberals are the bad guys.
0: Yeah, that's what I heard.
1: The conservatives are the good guys. They they said the people that are getting hunted are from Mississippi, Oklahoma, Florida, red states. So then they yeah. keep saying like they're coming after real people. So he's going after a movie that's actually endorsing them. <laughs> what? It's the dumbest shit, man. I promise the dumbest shit.
0: Yeah. And I'll just say this because this is also sort of hit close to... My community I'm um, is, for those who don't know, I, I play in a death metal band, a grindcore band. Um, and I guess one of these shooters was also in a death metal band. And they dug that out. So now Rolling Stone and Huffington Post and Vice, all of a sudden they give a shit about grindcore. <laughs> and there's, you know, who is, what is grindcore? What is porno grind and blah, 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 blah. So now, again, they're blaming the music and all, and they're, they're they're digging into death metal and how the violence of death metal and the gory album art and all that shit, and you know it's the same shit. It's like they're trying to blame violence on art, you know. Right. <laughs> and like, it's like, just
1: like yeah, the shit was around before, like video games yeah. didn't invent violence. People were killing people and torturing people before video games came around.
0: Yeah, and we we play my band played a show the other night on Friday. And, you know, my our vocalist actually just made an announcement. It's like, hey, what, right now the country's looking for scapegoats to blame on violence, and they've taken a target. They've targeted our metal community and, like, just had to say, we don't condone the violence. This community has been nothing... is, is a community of outcasts. This is all about coming together and, and, and having a cathartic release through music, you know? Some of us have anger issues, but we... Use music and creative, you know, expression to release that those those aggressions, you know what I'm saying? And that's what this is all about. And yeah, back to video games. We get we 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 cope with our frustrations through these hobbies, you know, (laughs) and and I want to
1: bring an interesting point to uh, everybody, like people saying video games cause violence. But here's the thing. These same video games that are sold here in America are sold all over the world.
2: Yeah. Hell, most Japan. of them aren't even made here. Yeah,
1: <laughs> they're made in other places. But his so everybody's playing the same video games, but nobody else has even a fraction of the mass shootings that America has. Not yeah. Europe, not Japan. Or just
0: gun deaths. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. So something's not right here. So what does that say about America versus, say, Japan? You know.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know. Or who, so invent,
0: the, who invent all the video games?
1: Who invent, <laughs> and they they send the shit to us? You know.
0: Yeah
1: so, so the shit doesn't make any sense Grand Theft Auto isn't even made in America it's made in Europe mm-hmm. that's where the, the place is from but Europe has nowhere near a fraction so Grand Theft Auto sells more over there than it does over here Europe doesn't yeah. have a fraction of the mass shootings and gun violence that America has so they can keep blaming video games all they want to but if you look at the numbers obviously video games has nothing to do with it and that's not even part of the cause of it but they just want to find a scapegoat yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. We're not here. You know, this is a light and fluffy podcast. We try to be. We ain't saying we got the answers. But, you know, we're not justice, no peace. Yeah. You know, when when people say gun control or reform or gun reform, it's not it's not eliminating gun violence. It's reducing gun violence. That's what we're after. Right. You know, we're trying to reduce the violence, just like seatbelts reduced deaths in car accidents. You know, they made seatbelt laws and they, you know, they they redid roads and cars are made differently. They use science and technology to reduce the deaths from car accidents. Right. And that's all we're talking about. Let's reduce the violence. You know, no, we're, there's always going to be an asshole. We're never going to get rid of all the assholes. There's always going to be some violent asshole out there. That's not what we're after. You know, the Saint minority report Right. We're just trying to reduce the numbers because they're way fucking too high. So
1: right, it's that's ridiculous. all we're saying. That's all we're yeah. saying. And, and plus yeah. this other thing about we need the the, the government saying that they need the a profile or monitor people's, you know, social media behaviors to see if they can find out who's going to be the next shooter. Don't do that. That is, yeah. don't do that. Because if you do that... <laughs> You're gonna profile. Just the Just make wrong sure people.
0: the motherfucker don't got a gun. That's all.
1: Right, because that's the same plot of Captain America: The Winter Soldier. That's was Hydra's yeah. plot.
0: Yeah. Profile that's, people
1: that. that's gonna give them problem later on so they can take them out ahead of time.
0: Yeah, you know, so, yeah, and and you know, so, yeah, maybe they'll grab a knife or an alligator.
1: Right. Because what's gonna happen <laughs> but is what but they there start- won't be.
0: Yeah, you won't have like you know. Nine people dead and thirty people wounded from you know a knife attack. Right,
1: it's it's <laughs> harder to kill a, a crowd of sixty people with a you know with a knife or a sword or some nunchucks than it is a fucking <laughs> hundred round drum attached to an AK forty seven. You yeah. know, that's all we're uh, saying. Yeah. Oh. Okay, we brought the podcast all the way down, didn't we?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I had to say I would think about it all week. I'd eliminate all the other topics I want to talk about so I can talk about that one. So now let's go. Let's go back to being. Uh, light and Fluffy again.
0: Sure.
1: We'll at least try. Okay. so House of X. <laughs> <laughs> House of X. Light and Fluffy. Woo. Okay. So now we're going to actually talk about the, uh, the comic. Whoever's still left listening. <laughs> now we're going to talk about the comic books on the podcast because we did read a bunch of shit. A bunch of good, really, really good comics came out this week. Another so,
0: expensive week. Here. And
1: expensive as fuck. Hey, it's going to teach us to work harder and work more hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well. So Keeping guess, the
0: comic industry alive.
1: It basically, just us two. <laughs> because if the government knew that comic books were still out, they'd come after them too. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. So, what's the first book? Like, I guess we can do uh, House of X number two.
0: Yeah, it's Bump Out Marvel. Yeah. Let's knock Marvel out the way. To get two big to Marvel wait. books.
1: Yes, we can get to the real comics. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Oh, Eli, I think I forgot everything to have in this book. I'll just do a blank right quick. Okay. Okay. I
0: thought House- you were going to have a whole like fucking like presentation on this. I did. I did. I had notes and
1: everything. Forgot all this shit. I should have wrote it down. PowerPoint
0: presentation. (laughs)
1: Let's just go into it. Let's just go into it. So House of X number two. Basically what the book is is now (laughs) basically. (laughs) He
0: said basically.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So Powers of 10 the last book that Hitman wrote had this pretty girl talking to Professor X and everybody just assumed there's Maurya McTaggart. You know just oh it's gotta be her. It's gotta be her. But they never actually said Moria Mctaggart in that book. I checked it. I read it to it. never said her name in there. So is the girl he's talking about Moria Mctaggart? Yes and no. And we're going to get into that. So basically what happens is the book starts off with this girl. She's uh, born. Her name is Moria. 13 years old. She gets super sick. All of a sudden she gets uh, better. And she just lives a life. She gets married. She has three kids. Her kids have kids. They come see her every year on the holidays. She lives a good life. She lives all the way to 75, dies. And that's the end of it. Or is it? Or all is of it? a sudden, she wakes up. She's being born again. She's been reincarnated. She's living her life all over again from the point of where she goes. So she's living her life again, and she knows everything that's about to happen. So she's living Groundhog's Day, but not instead of Groundhog's Day, like Groundhog's Life. You know? Yeah just living her life again but this time she can't get married because she remembers how much her, of an asshole her husband was in the last life so it doesn't even work this time so they never get married you know she looks on the news see professor X. She like something's not right with me everybody keeps telling me i'm gifted especially because she knows stuff she's not supposed to know so but people thinking that she's like super smart but not something's not right with me i don't know what i am she turns to the news see professor x professor x starts talking about she's like, oh i must be a mutant so she flies to america to go see him but her plane crashes she dies <laughs> life number two so next life she uh finally makes it to America to see Professor X was about to talk to Professor X seeing how arrogant he is and how narcissistic he is she's like this guy's an asshole nah I tell you what I'm gonna fix the problem myself I'm gonna cure I'm gonna find a cure for mutants she makes the cure for mutants She's about to put it on the market, about to sell it herself. But before she can do that, she gets ambushed by Mystique and Destiny. Now, everybody knows who Mystique is. She's a fan favorite stuff like that. People may not know who Destiny is because I don't, she's never been in the movies. I don't even think she was in the old cartoon. Uh basically, long story short, destiny is Mystique's girlfriend. All I'm gonna say about that, keep moving from there. Destiny is a mutant that can see the future, but she can't see Moria's future. She's like, she doesn't belong here. Who is she? Obviously she's been reincarnated she can't that's why she doesn't that's why i can't see her future because her future doesn't exist but now that i touch her i know exactly what she is moria you think you're in you're immortal don't you you think you can live forever you can't you only got about 10 lives in you 11 at the most if you're lucky she's like how do you know this because i know because i'm destiny. I see everything because it's going to happen your powers manifest at 13 at puberty but if you don't hit puberty you die that's it you're done so that mutant cure that you're trying to make and you're trying to uh, uh, cure us, don't make it in your next life. And Pyro, matter of fact, set her aflame, burn her slowly. That way when she dies, she'll remember how this shit lived in her next life. So they burn alive, fourth life. Fourth life, she uh actually instead of. Pretty
0: fucking. That was pretty gnarly, I must say.
1: It really was. Burn her slowly. <laughs> so she remember this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, damn, okay. I want So I I
0: don't want her to forget how it feels. to (laughs)
1: die. Right, like, damn. (laughs) That's really fucked up. And Power was just like, yes, mother. (laughs) So next life, uh, she decides instead of turning down Professor X, she marries Professor X. And then they create the X-Men, blah, 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 go on all these missions, stuff like that, live the life just like a plain Jane X-Men comic you expect. And then they die by Sentinels because pretty much in every X-Men future, they all get killed by Sentinels like damn so she's like okay that's the wrong way to live the life. next life she sees Professor X again but instead of making the x-men they're like take all the mutants let's go to another island and just live by ourselves. they call the island far away and they live themselves, and that's it that's all the uh they send the sentinels after them kill everybody they still get killed by Sentinels. so uh, more attack like okay fuck this next life i'm done with these sentinels what i'm she decides to go all sarah connor <laughs> i'm gonna take out fucking ball of a trash Before he could create the Sentinels. Now, for those who don't know who Bolivar Trask is, he made the Sentinels. Peter Dinklage played him in Days of Future Past. Yeah. And he was also played by Bill Duke in X-Men The Last Stand. So. Really? They were playing the same guy.
0: Bill Duke.
1: Bill Duke. Remember?
0: Last Stand? I don't remember Last Stand that much. Last Stand. But you
1: know who Bill Duke is.
0: I do know who Bill Duke is, and I don't remember him from that.
1: he can kill it from Predator. Yeah. (laughs) So, he was in the movie for a high split second. He was playing Bolivar Trask. So, they were playing the same character. They don't look anything alike, but they're playing the same character. Anyway, I digress. She's decided to assassinate not only Bonabetraz, she assassinates his whole fucking family, his bloodline, parents, kids, everybody goes. You so because mm-hmm. I looked into it, she actually trained in Afghanistan to learn how to be an assassin. That's how she learned how to do all this and kill everybody. But guess what? It doesn't matter because it's AI. AI is eventually going all she did is just slow the process down. The symptoms are gonna be made anyway. They just build themselves. Mm-hmm. and still killed her <laughs> so it was no, it was pointless anyway to do that so next like she's like okay fuck this professor X he's useless I'm gonna go to Magneto I'm gonna tell Magneto every fucking thing that's going on what's gonna happen and you know that just lights a, a fire in the Magneto's ass he's like okay yeah I'm not gonna let this shit happen so he decides to overthrow the government but he gets stopped by the Avengers the X-Men the Fantastic Four Squirrel Girl whoever the fuck was there they, they stop him you know so she eventually dies in that life also next life she said okay fuck bang you know he's useless i'm gonna go to apocalypse she goes to apocalypse and she becomes one of the four horsemen you know now apocalypse that x-men avengers bullshit no he kills them nimrod from the last book he kills him but the thing is apocalypse they get stuck in this like eternal war that never ends so apocalypse just fight for Eve, and eventually she just dies and that's it uh, I may be missing a life, but I think what happens is she takes you know, <laughs> It's it, okay. <laughs> it's so many of, but anyway, she has all that experience of life. She's like, okay, I'm going to do something different. Instead of following the path, what I think we're going to do, I'm going to just break all the rules and do something completely different because Destiny said I had 10 lives at the most, and it's my 10th life, so I got to make it count. So when she meets Xavier again, she says, Xavier, what I want you to do, look into my mind, realize all these lives that I lived before, and... Let's go from there. And that's what it does. Boom. And I, I think that's basically how we get to the point we are now. Where mm-hmm. Professor X is, you know, whatever the fuck he is, Krakoa and a, the Nation Island. Yeah. So they yeah. basically learn from all of their mistakes in the past and they're doing it completely different. So a lot to break down. I'm pretty sure I missed one life, but anyway, Hickman said she had 10 lies. We went to 10 lies like that. He has, has a breakdown in the back of the book saying all the lies and what she went through. That's to give more details about what she went through yeah so here's my this is not even a theory i think this is pretty much common sense to just say this hickman has basically wrote a what if story i mean
2: okay at the okay. end
1: of the day because the story because i'm reading the storyline of what happened in that 10th life none of that stuff in the 10th life happened so hickman is basically because moria matagat Ma- 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 and yes it is moria McTaggart, Ma- depending on the life because she does meet some guy named McTaggart marry him gets the last name but for the most part we're just gonna call her moria x now this is a complete retcon never ever 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 in any x-men book has maria mataga ever been even hinted at being a mutant
0: that's what i was wondering
1: yeah it's never even been hinted at so in this book they're saying that yeah, she's been a mutant all along and one of her mutant powers is to hide herself from other mutants so they can't tell that she's a mutant Mm-hmm. you know but basically what they're saying is that like all these other X-Men books that we read if we believe the retcon she knew everything that was gonna happen okay. I'm gonna go in a little bit deeper because there's this one like okay the best selling uh, comic book of all time X-Men number one 1990 whenever there's this part in the book where uh, where she uh, okay there was one time when Magneto was turned into a baby and they gave the baby to Moria Taggart, you know, to kind of like turn him back. But when she turned him back to an adult, she reprogrammed him to make him, you know, nicer. and So they're saying like in the 80s when Magneto was a good guy, that was because of her. She programmed him into a good guy. And he found that shit out and he was like, fuck, no, I'm going to kill all of you. You know, Maria Taggart, you fuck with my mind. Why would do this shit? And maybe she did that shit to try to change the future because basically she knew the future but didn't tell them the future. Remember, I said in the last book that something isn't right about this story. She knows the future. She knows something she's not supposed to know, and that's why because she is always reincarnated. And before she always pretended like she knowing shit, but this time she's gonna tell them everything so they can kind of pre- you know change the future however they want to. So yes, Hickman is writing a what if story. He's writing an alternate universe story. This story I don't feel like is in the six one six. Now, I don't know how people are going to feel about that. I know people, some people are going to get pissed about that because basically you can almost say if Hickman is going the way we, it seemed like he's going, nothing in this book he he's doing has any impact on the rest of the 616. So you read Avenger book, they're not going to refer to this. And honestly, how I feel about that, Eli, I don't care. I'm not hung up on canon and continuity like every other fanboy is. I know that's like, you know, blasphemous to say that, but I'm not. As long as you give me a good story, I don't care how it fits into the canon. Yeah, Worrying about canons would yeah. kill comics to begin with.
0: Yeah, that's how I am. Just give me a good story.
1: Right. Entertain me. Right, because that's the problem. Because they were so busy. Like in the 90s, they were so busy about trying to tie everything into canon yeah. and continuity. They had all these filler-ass bullshit books that you had to read to find out what happened in the next story. But the books were bullshit.
2: Yeah.
1: Like that uh, Clone Saga. That shit went yeah. through uh with Spider-Man. Like that shit, people were just like uh uh-uh, uh I'm done because I, if I gotta read this and I gotta read that to read that, fuck all of it. I don't wanna read any of that shit. And when that happened, the comic industry died. Yeah. So you still at the end of the day, you have to make a good story. You can't rely on canon and continuity on it. Now I know for a fact I haven't looked at the reviews or what any other comic book uh reviewer is saying. But I can guarantee you some of them are gonna trash it because Hickman has basically wrote himself a get out of jail free card. You know, it's whatever story. I can do whatever I want. You can't stop me. You know, I know some people are gonna transfer for that. But I'm not gonna transfer from that. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt and see where And hey, what's story- your rating? Ooh.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, here's the thing. Be honestly, Eli, I am going to knock it a little bit because it is out of continuity. Cause I wasn't get the book of fire, but I, <laughs> I, I am. I know I'm being a hypocrite. Fuck it, I don't care. <laughs> Cause I was gonna get the book of fire, but I, at the same time, Hickman is writing himself a get out of jail free card because, or it just if she dies and this book fuck up, I can just have her reincarnate and just write some other shit, you know. But well, it, is, gonna... it
0: is funny that that won her her lives basically was all that x-men exactly
1: shit. <laughs> her fourth life was the x-men story like yeah. they lived that shit you know
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> but they said that was the lost years you know yeah uh, so and, and they always say they're gonna get killed by at least, he, at least he acknowledged it
0: that's what i said right yeah. so
1: <laughs> but it was still a little bit different because they're saying she didn't meet her husband so she didn't become more of a so it's still a little bit different but whatever we're not gonna harp on that too much i'm gonna give the book a 4.5 out of 5 because the way hickman wrote this book Honestly, this shit is genius, in my opinion, the way yeah. he wrote it, because it he broke X, down the ten lives. Yeah, hard
0: yeah. day with X Men.
1: <laughs> yeah, nobody's ever done that before.
0: <laughs> he had some or, red
1: cons in there, but you know what's
0: I'm, that? What's that? Tom Cruise movie, the the live die repeat. Live die, well, depends
1: on on what you go by. Edge it's of tomorrow. The, it's Edge of Tomorrow, but they renamed it to Live Die Repeat. Nobody cared about that name, so they went back to Edge of Tomorrow yeah but it's all based on a manga called kill i kill where all you need Something. is kill or some shit Something. cool flick hey i liked it right. emily blunt stole that movie
0: yeah My but opinion. it was fun i yeah. didn't expect to like it and i did
1: <laughs> the full metal bitch or whatever they call her
0: yeah yeah full
1: metal bitch. Yeah. that is a recommendation for us go see that tom cruise emily blunt movie we don't know the name of it because it got like 50 million names yeah You'll you know when you see it. Yeah. It's the Groundhog's oh, yeah. Day with guns.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the future. In the future. When, yeah. In aliens. Yeah. yeah. Fighting aliens.
1: <laughs> exactly. What, what else do you need? You know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's all I got. So
0: All right. Um, well, I'll I will do the other big book. Um Absolute Carnage, number nope. one. Donnie Cates, y'all.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh Art by Ryan Stegman, JP Mayer, and Frank Martin on Inks and Colors. So. Yeah, this is a big one. Mm-hmm. This is big. There's like three or four books in one book.
1: Yeah, it's a lot of stuff going on yeah. in this one.
0: But hey, it was worth the price. I mean, how much was this? Like eight bucks? Ooh. because yeah, so, I, I got the director's edition. Yeah, this was like eight bucks, but it was like three or four comics in one. It's like a little mini graphic it's like a graphic novel. Mm-hmm. So um yeah. So let's get into this shit. Spinning out of Donny Cates's Venom Run, which I highly recommend for. Is those he still writing Reddit. Venom? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. So we have Null, the symbiote god. He created the symbiotes. And they act as a hive mind. And he is their master. Um, at the dawn of time, Null des- uh, tried to destroy the universe until they all fought back and trapped him on the planet of the symbiotes. Which isn't really a planet. It's just basically a billions of symbiotes caging themselves around Null. And, and sort Silver of Surfer
1: keep- went there in the last... Yep. Black book, which was written by Danny Cage.
0: Yeah, that's right. There you go. So, yeah, so the planet of the symbiotes isn't really a planet. It's just a bunch of symbiotes caging themselves around Null and keeping him at bay since the dawn of time. Well, we fast forward to now, eons later, psycho serial killer Cletus Cassidy, a.k.a. Carnage, has been resurrected by this cult who worship Null and they want to summon him. Now, Carnage is uh, going around searching for everyone who has been infected with the symbiote because they have a tiny trace of themselves in each of the hosts' DNA. So they can still communicate with the hive. And so uh, Carnage is going around collecting all these traces of the symbiote. They call them Codex, you know, to resurrect Null. So this book starts off with Eddie Brock, and he has a son that he did, never knew he had, named Dylan. And they are on the run from the law because Cletus killed a bunch of people and pinned it on Eddie. So he's a fugitive now. So right off the bat, the action starts. Carnage ambushes them in the subway and attacks them. They fight on the tracks. And Eddie uses the third rail to electrocute Carnage because I guess Carnage is immune to fire.
1: Yeah, they said nothing can kill him. Nothing can stop yeah. him except
0: electricity. Well, I read one of the... Uh, I think it was a Carnage, the funeral pyre or whatever, and it was revealed, like, yeah, she, he fire doesn't do shit to him now,
1: which is usually a symbiote. But loud sounds don't do anything either.
0: Yeah, yeah, symbiote, that's usually the symbiote's weakness is loud noises and fire.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, so, uh, but he electrocutes Carnage, that, that fucks him up, and they escape. Um, Eddie is injured, and he needs to be mended, so they go to a place to lay low. They go find Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And Eddie tries to convince him to watch Dylan, the kid, Um, so Eddie can go take care of Carnage. Uh, Spider-Man is like, where did this kid come from? Uh, Eddie explains that Venom has been messing with his memory all these years. And he turns out that he had a son that he never knew he had, but his dad was taking care of him. And his dad told Dylan that Eddie was his little brother Mm -hmm. or he was – Eddie's little brother and not his son. So, and Eddie has not told Dylan the truth yet. So they don't know. Dylan doesn't know that Eddie's is a dad. So there's that little bit of family drama going on, which actually just makes you care about Eddie even more. Right. Uh, Yeah. So Eddie tells Spider-Man about Null and Carnage's plan. And so they go to see the maker who is so freaking smart that he has already built a machine.
1: Like a month ago.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that. Yeah, this machine that will extract the symbiote uh, codex from each host. So now it's a race against time to find the hosts. Um, they decide to go find Norman Osborne, who is in Ravencroft Asylum. Mm-hmm. And while they're there, they meet John Jameson, a.k.a. Manwolf, to help them break Norman out. But Manwolf is revealed. Now, I read this one. I did read one of the Cult of Carnage's book. Yes, Man-Wolf has been possessed by a symbiote.
1: I did not and, know that. That's when, yeah. when he started freaking out, like, has he been possessed? I didn't know.
0: Yeah, I actually read one of them, you know, one of the books where it was revealed. He is possessed by the symbiotes, and he starts saying, God is coming and all that shit. Mm-hmm. And here comes Cletus, infected every prisoner in the asylum with symbiotes, and they all start attacking him. Uh, they get inside Norman uh, Osborne's cell, and they're trapped. Uh, Spider-Man webs up his hands and starts punching through the concrete to, uh, to to escape. But then Carnage just comes and grabs Norman Osborn. And Spider-Man's like, please don't kill him. And Carnage is just like, I'm not here to kill him. I'm here to make friends. And he infects Norman Osborn. So the last page is just a big splash of Carnage and the whole prison population infected with symbiotes. And Norman Osborn is infected too. So that's where we end on this. And I got to say... This was fucking dope.
1: It was. It was. <laughs> it's, it's one of those comics that come out like it's got people
0: talking. I read it twice, like back to back. I yes. was I like, this is awesome. This is dope, like crack dope. You know what I mean? I was like fiending for number two. <laughs>
2: like,
0: <laughs> and, so, and you've been keeping up with the book. I, this, yeah, I I I I've, it. I've been a- reading Venom, and I read this shit, and I was like, holy shit. This is awesome. This is yeah, I, uh, give me number, give me number two now. I'm feel like I said, I, this is dope. This is crack. This is I'll, I'll suck a dick for number two, right? <laughs> <now>. <laughs> That's how good this book is. I mean, yeah, I mean, this book also awesome. it
1: reminds me of the '90s Spider-Man comics to do like the the really really good ones. Yeah. you know, before it went to shit. It was and you you remember like I rem- it almost reminded me why I fell off of Spider-Man. First off, the art, the artist is awesome. Yes,
2: yes, Their the art artist is great.
1: Amazing. You know, I,
0: like yeah. like. Why haven't I heard of this guy? Yeah. Has he done shit before? He's been doing the, uh, th- these Venom books, yeah, and then fucking, but... I he not even,
1: even doing anything other than Venom, because, I mean, like, this guy's, like, really good. I don't know, well, Comic-Casts
0: are always uh, talking about him, too.
1: Okay, because, so, I mean, yeah, because I'm, I, like, a guy that talented, you think you've heard of him before? Yeah. He, so, cause yeah. Because he, he, I mean, he reminded me, of, like, the old, like, McFarlane style, but it's not really McFarlane, he's doing his own style? But it reminded me of, like, the old McFarlane style, mm-hmm.
0: you know? Yeah, this, I mean, and the story is – it's like a – it's just everything you want in a summer blockbuster.
1: Right. It's you a know? horror movie, you know, yeah. action in it. Honestly, Spider-Man was kind of fucking up the story for me. Because <laughs> when they went to, in the asylum and Venom was just like, okay, all gloves are all. So I'm going to just kill everybody. No, no killing. I was like, shut the fuck up, Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> Like Venom swallow the fuck out of here. Like these are homicidal maniacs locked in a damn asylum. You can kill these
0: guys. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah, they're infected. They're sick. Blah, 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 blah. But but even yeah, but that whole scene, the that last scene in the asylum, the how how it was paced right. and, and how it played out. You know, you got the alarm going off, the loud noises are are fucking up Eddie and Venom. Right. You know, he's like, But, can't, but he Carney
1: can't. is just walking through it. Yeah, like nothing, yeah. you know. Yeah,
0: and he's trying to, you know, Eddie's trying to crawl towards the gun to shoot out the alarm, and then you got Cletus just walking down the cell block.
1: He like singing like pulling, a Spider-Man song, like "I'm coming to kill yeah. you, I'm coming to kill you." Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah, pulling symbiotes out of his stomach, right.
1: throwing them in the cages, put him in each,
0: yeah, putting him in each prison cell as he's walking by. It's like some creepy ass shit, right? You know, said so all these elements of horror, like he's like like Hellraiser meets the Thing, right? You know. With a touch of zombie, you know, zombie tropes, you know, because Carnage is just infecting everyone, you know, and you got the mass grave, you know, that they find. So Carnage, yeah, the mass grave and they found Thunderbolt Ross, a body in there. Yeah. So he's even going after dead people who had, who's been, who had symbiotes, you know? Yeah.
1: And then uh, Eddie thinks that, you know, Annie is in there, you know, she venom, you know, Michelle Williams from the movie, like she, she, he thinks she's in there. So really fucked up.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was like, yeah, I, I mean, I didn't mind the Spider-Man. He brought a little bit of, you know, a little bit of, you know. He did, but Venom was about to go nuts belief. on
1: these guys, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, Spider-Man, don't fuck yeah. this up, man. Let him
0: go. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, the family moments, too, with, uh, you know, with Dylan and then when uh, they meet mm-hmm. Norman's grandson. Yeah, you know, that when they meet and stuff. So there's like a little bit of family drama to, to keep you interested, to make you give a shit, you know. That's what I like about the Donny Cates Venom run is because he's bringing depth to Eddie oh, Brock. Oh,
1: really messed up how Carnage kept calling Venom daddy.
0: <laughs> Who's this daddy? Yeah. Why don't you tell me who the boy is daddy?
1: Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's even really creepy.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, this was dope. Five out of five. Yeah, I love this book.
1: Okay, five out of five. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, this is an easy five out of five, nigga. Like I said, yeah. this book has people talking. You know, has people like, Did you read Absolute Carnage? Did you read what was going on in there? And I'm like, Okay, even if I didn't review this podcast, I would have picked this book up to see what the hell people were talking about. You know, mm-hmm. and it reminded me of the old school Spider Man comics because I used to be like, Why is Spider Man comics? You know, not like they used to be. Like, why was it so awesome back then? And this book reminded me why it was awesome back then. Because Spider Man back then wasn't fighting goofy ass dudes like Vulture and you know Molten Man and Mysterio. I mean, they're cool in the movies, like, but he wasn't fighting those guys. He was fighting like terrorists, assassins. He was fighting folks like Venom. You know, when Venom showed up, he was like, okay, all these other dudes, they don't, they. He's not fighting these bad guys anymore. He's fighting new bad guys that look like Venom. Venom is cool, you know. And yeah. then they're going to one-up themselves to have him fight Carnage, you know. And it was just like this, this shit that, you know, makes you want to keep reading. And it would, did feel like have like a horror type feel. But most people don't read horror Spider-Man comics because it feels like it doesn't fit the, the tone. But back then it did, you know. Mm-hmm. And this, like, they reminded me, oh, this is what these Spider-Man comics used to feel like when they used to sell, you know, it, like, still out of everything, you know. This is the book that everybody had to get. This was that it felt like yeah. I turn that you
0: know. because I've been like, Yeah, I, I mean, I've been reading the Venom book lately, and to tell you the truth, I was thinking about dropping it, especially with all the War of the Realms shit going on. I'm like, I just ain't feeling this anymore, right. but then this drops, and I'm like, Holy shit, it's <laughs> you know? funny
1: because, like I said, I was late to party on the Venom book, but I remember you see review those books every single week. <laughs> and you was always like 5 out of 5, 6.5 out of 5, out of 5. And I'm thinking like, how the fuck good can a Venom book be? Like, you know, I just love this shit. <laughs> but, then yeah. him, but then I went back on Marvel Unlimited and read some of this shit. And then I read Civil Surfer Black. And then I'm reading this shit. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. It makes sense now.
0: <laughs> and I always thought Cletus Cassidy. I always thought his character was really cheesy. Mm-hmm. You know, I just thought he was too just corny. They were trying you know, to be too much like a
1: Joker. That's why. Yeah,
0: but in this book, he's fucking
1: ill. <laughs> he really is. <laughs> just the way he's acting in there, yeah. like he's methodical. You know, cerebral and stuff he's doing. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: So they made, yeah, they made Venom and Carnage cool again.
1: <laughs> it really did, and it, and you know what? That's what I, honestly. That's why Spider Man is in this book. Spider Man is our point of view character.
0: Mm-hmm. because venom yeah, yeah yeah done,
1: yeah he was doing all this wild shit doing doing those wild shit spider-man had no idea about any of this shit like venom last time i saw you you was fighting like cyborgs and bankrupts like that why when you start fighting gods and monsters and shit like that what what, what the fuck you know so yeah. spider-man just as lost as i am reading this shit like when, when all this shit happened yeah
0: but he also serves as like that character of influence because he's like you got this kid what the fuck man like aren't you gonna tell him like what the hell like he's that He's got sort right, of yeah. yeah, that conscience that of of, of for, for Eddie, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so so I like that, you know. So so, so yeah. Spider
1: Man did have a purpose, but I'm glad that Spider Man felt like Venom sidekick in the story instead of Spider Man instead Venom feeling like Spider Man sidekick. That's how it always felt in the nineties. Like Venom was the backup character. In this book, mm-hmm. Spider Man felt like the backup character, and that's how it should be. Because
2: mm-hmm.
0: this yeah. is
1: a Venom story. Carnage is Venom's bad guy.
0: Yeah.
1: You know. Have we sucked Danny Kelly's dick long enough.
0: <laughs> that scrumptious motherfucker. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. What other book do we have? Uh, got
0: deceased. You, deceased. We still. Do you got any more Marvel? I'm
1: done. I'm done with Marvel.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about deceased. Deceased number four, right? Yep. And you read this one, right? I did. Okay. Shit. What the fuck? I left off on that. Okay. So the book starts off. Um, Captain. Okay. Uh, Captain Adam is talking to uh amanda waller they were in a room with adam adam they sent him in the room to uh investigate some dead body zombie to get some detail about it adam never came out they're like well fuck it we have no contingency plan for these zombies so amanda waller just lets the loose uh lets the leash loose on captain adam he like there's only way to take these zombies out you gotta kill them like okay so adam goes out and just starts just killing zombies left and right not trying to save them not trying to do anything just kill them and but he gets infected the reason he gets affected because Adam, all of a sudden, was in him the entire time, and he started just ripping out shit in his heart or his brain or blood vessel or whatever the fuck he was doing. And when he did that, it affected him. So now he's a bad guy. I mean, he now now he's a zombie. He stole
0: uh, Ant Man's idea.
1: Exactly what we what Ant Man should have been doing. <laughs> Adam flew in the Adam uh, Captain Adam's asshole. <laughs> he that's what he was ripping up. He was ripping up his asshole. <laughs> uh so we cut to the daily planet and superman is back because the last issue uh he had to leave his dad behind because his dad been infected by zombies. He was able to save martha they got there uh superman saying i gotta go out and i gotta uh save some more people green arrow puts his hand on superman it's just like superman you can't go anywhere and superman looking at him like fuck and green Arrow, okay i know i can't actually stop you from going but just at least listen to me if they infect you we're done because if they get a superman zombie we're done there's nothing we can do he like they won't infect me I'm like, how do you know because i've been using my x-ray vision the entire time since they turned into zombies so i'm not looking at anything really like oh okay well you still can't go well yeah i got to i gotta say people He's like well what if we buy you some time so uh lois lane actually decides they they fix the um uh, they fix the daily planet's radio signal like that and apparently they can still make radio calls even though they can't talk to anybody visually but they can still make radio calls so she makes a radio call tell all the superheroes that are still alive come to the daily planet uh that's the only safe place that you can be here villain hero whatever you are come there you know superman and green air green lantern who is really black canary whatever they fly around superman uses heat, uh, x-ray vision sees wally and barry brings them up there and when they get up there they get another radio signal basically saying oh and while they get there uh they get attacked by another zombie they get attacked by a 50 foot zombie of giganta i think i'm saying her name right that was giganta old wonder woman villain she starts fucking up shit while they're fucking up shit a batwing flies the black batwing flies in try to shoot them giganta swats the batwing bat out of the the sky uh, Superman punches Giganta, knocks her out real quick. Wonder Woman comes out of nowhere, is about to chop Giganta's head off. Like, Clark, move out the way. Kelly, uh, move out the way, I'm about to get him. Superman catches in the air, like, no, you're not gonna kill her. Like, what do you mean? And I kill her. She's a fucking 50-foot zombie. She gets up, she's gonna fuck everybody else. While they argue, they hear this loud, boom, it's around. Cyborg has blew a fucking hole in her head the size of a doorway. <laughs> they were like, What the fuck, Cyborg? They're like, She's a zombie, she was already dead. What the fuck are you doing? You know. And then they kept arguing, like, oh, she's not a zombie. They're not called zombies. They're called the Blight. They're an extension of the Anti-Life Equation. You know, Cyborg's going all ones and zeros on shit like that. And then he gets some kind of call basically saying that Captain Adam is about to go nuclear. They're like, oh, shit. So Superman and Wonder Woman, because they're the fastest and, you know, part of the Trinity, the only Trinity. Oh, I'm skipping the part. To find out in the Batwing, Damien thinking it's Batman in there. But no, it's Alfred. Because Alfred mm-hmm. has already put bullets in both Batman and Nightwing. They're dead. They're done. So they hug. Alfred says he wanted me to give you this. And he wanted him to say he's proud of you and you were this. Now he opens it up. It's the Bat bat costume. So he wants yep. Damien to become the new Batman.
0: And the internet went wild. Really? It did. I heard, I, I, heard, I heard, no, about Damien becoming uh, Batman. Well, honestly,
1: when we get to the end of the story, it might not even matter anyway.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, But I think they set it up.
1: Okay but we, 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 let's finish this. okay, so Damien has now been has accepted the mantle of the bat. Uh, Superman and Wonder Woman fly to Washington because they just find out that Captain Adam is about to go nuclear because he's been because you know Adam flew in his asshole and turned into a zombie. So <laughs> before he can go nuclear, Superman and Wonder Woman grab him and try to take him into space before he can blow, but it don't even fucking matter because it's the largest explosion the world has ever seen. Washington is gone in less than half a second. Baltimore goes. Uh, everything goes and even Metropolis goes within so the story Metropolis is destroyed the end <laughs> so I'm glad Damien you got to be Batman for .5 seconds <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, like I said this is Tom Taylor just let Tom Taylor be Tom Taylor because that's what he does he wrote Injustice everybody died in that book he wrote that Earth 2 New 52 book everybody died in that book everybody's dying in this book just let Tom Taylor just just let him off the leash, let him go, and you get these stories like this. Like I said, I don't care if they're not this, this book is not canon. This book is not in continuity. It is a what if else world story. I'm fine with that. Just let it just let it go. Just do what you want to do. This book, I'm gonna give it I'm because I'm loving it. I'm loving this story. Even though I know it's some classic zombie shit we know, what I'm just liking where the story is going right now. I'm gonna give it a four point five out of five. Oh, that's my thing.
0: Yeah, I thought it was cute. Mm-hmm. You know, for what it is, it's fun. You know, I mean, I'm a horror guy, so I, as far as like, you know, I could have used him a little bit more blood and brains, cause I'm a. I you know,
1: know. you were gonna say it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, I I like my Walking Dead and my dead my Dead World and my, fucking you know, evil Ernie and Lady Death shit. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I like my horror a little a little red, but this was it was cute. It was it was fun. It I was kind of really
1: calling it DC zombies, but I mean, it's it's still cool.
0: Yeah, it's fine. It, it, I dug. I, I had fun with it. All right. Well, I guess for me, back to Marvel, um, I'll get through Punisher number 14 just because it was awesome. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Baron Zemo and Hydra has tracked the Punisher to uh, New York City to get revenge on him because, well, Frank destroyed the country of Bulgaria or whatever it's called. Zemo created the safe haven for Hydra and Frank Castle fucked it all up. So they're in New York looking for Frank. Um, And this is just another action packed story over the time violent fun hydra tranks rolling around the streets of uh new york um hydra agents disguised as cops hunting down the punisher but of course you know frank mercs them all you know then you got zemo he asks wilson fisk who is the mayor of new york city now to help them track down the punisher and they actually assemble a team of thunderbolts to try to eliminate him
1: Um, oh wow okay
0: Yeah so we got frank battling the thunderbolts and of course he narrowly escapes fucking them up and then punisher finally teams up with his own superhero squad um to help strike back at zemo and 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 we got black widow moon knight and night thrasher and uh at one point there's a bit of funny dialogue between moon knight and frank uh frank asks moon knight how's your imaginary god and Moon Knight's like, how's your dead family?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I saw a, a, a scan of that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, so the man balls are just swinging loose in this one. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, but at the end, Frank tracks down Danny Ketch. So oh, he,
1: okay. Yep. The good so Ghost he get, Rider, the one everybody yeah, loves.
0: Yeah, so Ghost Rider now joins the crew, and a quick scene of uh, Frank and the Ghost Rider taking out some hydra tanks at the end. So pretty cool. This book is dope. This new Punisher Run is dope. I give it a four out of five.
1: So. Cool. Okay. Guess what, Eli? What's up? I got another book. You do? I got another book, yes. Yeah, shocking. I usually just quit at the three. But <laughs> 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 we're gonna go fourth <laughs> round. Okay. So the book I and if I read this on sipping your toes, let me know. But the book I read was Batman 76.
0: I read that too.
1: Did you? Okay. I did read it. <laughs> okay. I, I should let you go, but I'm gonna just go ahead and go anyway
0: you can go with.
1: Okay. So this is Batman City of Bane number two. And based on how the book starts off is that we got Captain Captain Adam again. Again. Yeah. I know. But this time, Adam doesn't fly in his asshole. <laughs> Gotham Girl flies in his asshole. <laughs> Cause the book pretty much starts out with her just beating the shit out of him. You know, she and he's like, you know who I am. She's like, nope, and just starts beating the shit out of, him, just whooping his ass. So while we cut into Gotham girl kicking the crap out of uh, Captain Atom, we cut to Tweedle Dum, Tweedle D Man, Scarecrow, and I may be missing somebody, but those guys they're on the run, they're running, and who they're running from? Batman, but not the Batman we know. Thomas Wayne, Flashpoint, I kill everybody, Batman. So. He
0: shoots.
1: has got, t- got a gun. He's got a gun. Yeah. So he shoots Tweedledum or He Can't remember which one he is. Kite man, like, fuck this. He's gonna kill everybody. He turns on his kite, runs, flies with Scarecrow and Tweedle. One of them. He's like, y'all too heavy. You're carrying too much weight. So Scarecrow, <laughs> fear gases Tweedle D or Dumb, whichever one he is. He's like, and then he hits him with the fear heights. Falls. Like, yeah, okay. What
0: a dick! That was quite the dick move. I thought it, it re- actually made me laugh. what is scarecrow! You kind of expected, like they the they're bad guys—they're <laughs> gonna look at each other. <laughs> oh shit! I, I'm gonna drop you, but hey, before I, you get dropped, I'm gonna scare the living shit. You. <laughs> While you're you die, think it was
1: funny at the time. <laughs> like, look you're dying. Bastard,
0: yeah, dude. your last dying seconds are gonna be terrifying. <laughs> 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 it's not enough. You're falling to your death.
1: <laughs> oh man. Okay, uh, so yeah. so we cut to Catwoman. Catwoman is in Paris. That's where she has actual our Batman, but he's in a coma, laid up. He didn't say a single word. He's passed out. His throat was slit in the last one, so his throat is bandaged up. Catwoman just stole a painting, and she's basically saying, "Look, if you wake up and you don't say anything, this is my last time stealing a painting. But I had to steal this painting because I got to get money to get you healed back up. You know." She just talking the whole time. Um. We cut to Captain Adam after he got the shit beat out of him.
0: He's got a fat lip and shit. Yeah,
1: oh, yeah, the whole side of his head faced up. And he like, He's like, I'm Captain. And he's talking to Dan, uh, not Damian, Tim Drake. He's talking to Tim Drake, Robin. And he's basically talking to him like, man, I'm Captain Adam. I run with the Justice League, beat everybody. And this girl beat the shit out of me. Like, that's never happened before like that. So I don't know what the hell she is, but that's not supposed to happen. And Damien's like uh, Tick Drake's like, okay. So we cut to Tim Drake talking to Damien. And the thing is, they're not allowed to go into Gotham City because that's the rule they made. It's like anybody at the Bat family steps inside Gotham City, Alfred dies because Thomas Wayne is holding Alfred hostage. And Damian's like, Well, okay, that's Alfred problem. Let's go in and do it anyway. He's like, You spoil Brat, you know, and he's like, You coward, you know, they argue back and forth and for then but then uh Damien finally admits to him, like, look, I don't know what to do. Tim, what the hell do we do? <laughs> You know, how do we rescue Alfred? How do we get the city back? How do we rescue our father? You know, so they have this little heart to heart moment, you know. Oh, uh, what if we leave now? Kite Man is with Scarecrow, and they're like, oh, I don't know what the fuck going on. He's going to find us eventually because I'm Kite Man. I suck at this.
0: Yeah, I'm the worst villain ever. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> so eventually <laughs> he will find us both. And Scarecrow's like, Are you scared? He's
0: are like, Fuck yeah, I'm scared.
1: I'm Kite Man. He's Batman. Be like, good. <laughs> so Kite Man is looking out the window, like, okay, we gotta come up with a plan. First thing we're gonna do to, bam, catch a battering in his face. <laughs> Thomas Wayne kicks the shit out of him, then turns to Scarecrow, and he's looking at him, easy way, hard way, what you wanna do? They're like, well, I wanna do it the hard way. So, cut to it, but you know he got the shit beat out of him, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shit, how did the book end? I can't remember how it ended. Isn't
0: it just. I can't. Isn't it just fucking Gotham Girl and. and, and- Oh yeah, Thomas Wayne man the on weird. on a, like
1: yeah, it's just the we've won. It. we won. Yeah. That's all they do. They're like, we won. And the book ends. Yeah. Like, I don't know Tom King. It's like you don't know how to end the book or something. I don't know. Yeah. No cliffhanger. No nothing. It was just like, okay. We're done. I
0: And I don't know about you, but I found this funny as hell and I don't know if it was intentionally supposed to be that way. I think so <laughs> because
1: just Scarecrow acting like an asshole, kite man being kite man. You know, just the like God...
0: Gotham girl beating the shit out
1: of... Uh, <laughs> right. Because that's the thing. It's like a running joke to always have Captain Adam be like, like he think he's the baddest motherfucker on the planet. And he but always him, get the shit kicked out of him.
0: But him laying in the bed with his fat lip and shit, I'm like, <laughs> I just, like, just laugh, like, oh my God. Am I, am I supposed to take this seriously? Or right. this and Gotham like, girl did know who he was.
1: She's so like, who are you, General Glory? Are you Major Force? Who the fuck are you? <laughs> That'd yeah. be even worse you be beat the shit out of him. Yeah, I don't
0: know. And so I like yeah. the book.
1: Finally, it was a fun book. Even though the ending was weird as fuck, I'm still giving it 4.5 out of five. Just because time king up until that last page, this book was like very entertaining. They got a new artist, even though he's been around forever. But I love his art style the way he draws all. He yeah, characters.
0: the art the art is awesome.
1: Yeah, yeah and so um, that's why I'm loving this one too. So yeah, it's just been some awesome books for me. I'm just yeah. Enjoying Tony
0: them. S. Daniels again. Yeah, yeah. Tony S. Daniels.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He can he he kills it with Batman. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. I, I was just like, eh. I thought it was a three three out of five. I, I mean, it, it was funny. And I do not know if I was supposed to be laughing. I just thought it was outrageous. I was like, is this a parody or something? Because <laughs> if it is, that's genius. But I don't think it is.
1: <laughs> right. Because it's still kind of confusing. Like, because the city of Bane, Bane yeah. never shows up one panel in his book.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, I don't know. Maybe I should just call it City of Thomas Wayne or something. I don't know. <laughs> But whatever. Yeah.
0: All right, back to Marvel. I have Savage Avengers number four. Oh, Mm -hmm. shit, that came out? It did. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. So um, we have uh, Conan, Punisher, Elektra, Wolverine, Brother Voodoo, and Venom in the Savage Lands fighting ninjas. Uh, So this evil wizard is trying to collect the blood of all the most badass warriors to summon the Marrow God. And in this last issue, the the wizard completed the ritual and unleashes the beast. So in this one, they teleport to the modern-day city uh, where they fight this giant marrow god monster in the streets. Um, The ending felt a little rushed. Um, The battle was really short, and all they do is just teleport away again. So a little lackluster, but at one point of the book, this is what I want to talk about, you know. I want to talk about this. The wizard showed Frank Castle his family and they were still alive. What? And he's like, yeah. He's like, hey, I brought your family back if you just, you know, if you serve me or whatever. I'm, See, your family's still alive. And it's like messing with Frank's mind, you know, but obviously they're not his real family. So the wizard, he used these skinwalkers to trick him. You know, they were just, dis- these skinwalkers were disguising themselves as Frank's family. Brilliant. um i found that interesting because um, skinwalkers in native american lore um when i was in santa fe it's like i guess they were a navajo uh, uh story in, from navajo legends and they're kind of like witches or warlock you know but here they're kind of like demons that can possess you or something the marvel version of these skinwalkers so i'm not sure what their function is here other than just the name sounded cool <laughs> but um but after seeing this, uh, Frank's all discombobulated after seeing his uh, his family alive again. And the rest of the crew, they're all worried about the Punisher. And they're like, man, they're like, come on, Frank, we got to go kick this wizard's ass. And you're like, snap out of it, man. Snap out of it. Are you good? You good? We got, you know. And this shit made me laugh my ass off. You know, they're like, you know, Electra's like, Frank, get up. We got to do this. And Frank just gets up, takes brother voodoo sunglasses off and then puts them on. <laughs> And I just it was like the funniest shit ever (laughs) I love that moment Um, But there was something that happened in this book About the Punisher that kind of uh, freaked people out Um, And I saw a couple articles about this And it suggests that When he was having the visions of his uh, When the wizard was fucking with Frank's head Mm -hmm. And he was giving them visions of when his family was murdered it suggests that when his family was shot by the mob at that picnic,
2: mm-hmm.
0: that Frank used his wife as a shield. No. Yeah. And people thought it changed the Punisher's origin. Um, so that there's a little internet chatter about, you know, kind of freaking out over that. But I just saw it as the wizard was just fucking with his head.
1: Right. You I know. mean, because none of the stuff was real anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but people are complaining about it. This is bullshit. That would never happen. The Punisher would never do that. And I'm like, chill the fuck out. This whole story is bullshit. You know, <laughs> you know Conan is an Avenger. You know, that alone should tell <laughs> right. you how stupid this story is.
1: Right. Anything <laughs> you know? goes. So.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, but I still liked it um, because it is just uh, stupid fun. You know, it's just stupid, stupid fun. Little rushed and anticlimactic at the end. But I just for the sunglasses moment. I'll give it a 3.5 out of 5. So.
1: Okay, okay. Damn, I didn't know Savage came out. I wanted to read that, too. Well, I read yeah. enough damn books anyway, so I, I went <laughs> over my threshold. Yeah. So That's what I was hoping you read some of that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Shoot, anything else you got?
0: Uh, I guess I'll go over this. The, the other big book is this Berserker Unbound. Okay, cool. Jeff Lemire and Mike Diodato. Um, The art, of course, it's Diodato, so the art is awesome. So it's basically this Conan warrior-like barbarian um, wandering this, like, you know, Hyborian Age, you know, fantasy realm. And he goes through this portal and comes out into the modern-day city. That's essentially all that happens. Um, his family was killed by some, you know, marauding army. So we see that. It's it's very, you know, standard fantasy barbarian tropes you know this guy looks just like conan in savage avengers because it's diodato's drawing that book too um but the the writing is kind of subpar you know there's not there's not really anything uh you know mind-blowing about this you know i think jeff lemire is just having fun writing this fantasy character and and it's just diodato's art um it kind of reminds me of that book, Birthright. I don't know if you read that. Um, it's similar, like these fa- this fantasy realm barbarian characters teleport to modern day Earth. You know, oh, I, I was read I was that. yeah, Joshua Williamson. I was reading that for a while. It was like really cool, but I kind of I haven't read it in about a year, so I kind of fell off it. But that was really that was a really fun book, and this feels similar to that. So I'll give it a three out of five. I know there's a lot of hype behind it because of, you know, the names, Jeff Lemire. But mm. it was just a, it was just okay, I thought. The art, it's just cool for the art. Get it for the art. You know, it's Diodato. He's drawing barbarians and swords and shit and, you know, him chopping off heads and all that cool shit.
1: Right so, about
0: <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there was that. Um, I guess the last book I'll do now... Uh, For anybody who doesn't know, I do a podcast called Geek Savs, the Native Nerds podcast, and we try to specialize in Native Americans, in media, pop culture, and what have you, and comic books and stuff like that. And last month, I had a a guest on my show by the name of Theo So. He's from uh, Las Vegas. He's a, a, a Paiute from the Paiute Reservation down there in Las Vegas. And he does a comic called Captain Paiute. And he's this Native American superhero, um, kind of protecting this Southwest reservation. And he's like a water protector, like an elemental, and he has the ability to control and manipulate water, kind of like Sub Zero, you know, like a waterbender. So, this is his second book, Captain Paiute number two, and he ga- he sent me over a copy, and I got to check it out. So, in this issue, we have this supervillain known as bad medicine, and he's going around the reservation kind of spreading negativity, you know, feeding into the frustration and negative emotions of the population, kind of, uh, you know, don't trust the banks, don't trust the casinos, they're ripping you off, tribal councils corrupt, you know, sort of brainwashing all the citizens and, um, and, and into becoming his minions, you know, so he can take over the res- reservation. And, um, and then, well, in true superhero fashion, Captain Paiute saves the day. And there's a series of battles and stuff. So this is just a fun, old-fashioned superhero comic, you know, with a Native American twist, you know, you know, hero versus supervillain. It deals with a lot of traditional Native American culture and language. Um, Native American heroes with the, you know, indigenous spin on it. um, Deals with a lot of... uh of issues that Native Americans deal with uh, in Indian country tribal corruption, the environment, uh, conservation, you know. So, there, and it also draws parallels between the villain and the certain political administration that we have going on right now. Oh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, you can definitely read into that. Um, and it's, it's very lighthearted. You can tell this is, book is meant for kids. So there's a, there's not a lot of violence, there's not a lot of blood, you know. Um, children is the target audience for this book, so it is it is light on harsh language and gore. Um, but there's a lot going on in this one issue. Um, it feels dense at times, but other than that, it's still just a fun superhero book, you know, by a Native American artist, uh, Theo So, and Robert Smith was the writer, and it's out. It's um, War Paint Studios is his is is uh, the company that puts this out so go check out Captain Paiute I give it a I'll give it a four out of five you know just a fun refreshing you know me being a Native American I don't get to see Native superheroes that much so it's fun to see you know one being done by a Native artist
1: right and plus when you do see that you have to talk about it also you know get the word out
0: yeah you know so it's cool to see uh Natives doing art and a superhero comic from a native perspective, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. So that's about it. I read a bunch of shit, but, you know, Batman, Ninja Turtles, and Mortal Hulk were all great, you know, again, but mm-hmm. I won't get to those, but yeah.
1: Okay, there was just so many other books just came out. It yeah. was ridiculous this month. It was so. a big week. Yeah, yeah it was big, a big week, week this week. So, yeah, definitely if you like, uh, listen this long, just like, share, subscribe. Definitely check out our sister podcast, Geek Sam of the uh comic cast. Like I said, they pretty much review the same books we did. Look at the, listen to their opinion on what they said about what we did. See how we differ. See how we, man, blah, 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 you know that. Uh, also listen to this geeks and comics. With Gomer yeah. and AK David. Go listen to hoodoo TV. Uh, Talking balls is right around the corner.
0: Yeah. we got
2: yeah. Preseason season,
1: right around the corner. Yeah, Preseason. So I got to pretend like I give a shit again. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Uh, and next week we'll have some other shit going on. Maybe we we'll actually talk about the kitchen. I don't know. Maybe we will. We'll see how it goes. Uh, until then, this is Leroy.
0: This is Eli. We
1: will talk to you guys next week. Same bullet time. Same bullet channel.
2: Ooh.
1: Yeah,
0: it's about to be on. Cause we don't play that shit, homie. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh
2: i got two guns i got two heads and- I will go to war even if i die i, I even if i die Fuck oh. oh. On my balls, even
1: if I die. I got one heart, I got two fists. I'm a dirty fighter and a strategist.
2: So, yo, in two minutes, I will clean out your men and I'll clean out your mouth like a 2 Hey, yo, something wicked this way do come. Sitting on two wheels, carrying two guns in a bulletproof suit, looking like a champion. Call me Briggs, the black superman. Yeah. Hey! I am the
0: evolution of man. And I will win any way that I can. I'll go to war anywhere that I am. I'll go to war. Yeah!